0: I know the power and love is so they're like two of my favorite things what we're doing right now and the power and love because it trains and equips the people amen so uh good deal answered your question though yeah good deal how's everybody doing y'all ready i'm pumped i'm ready let me get this behind me here okay I have I have a confession sheet, so I'm going to try to get into something here. To, now, now now listen, I had the one sister said about uh, her confession sheet in the fridge. She said, now is this bad? I said, whoa, whoa. I never said they were bad. <laughs> I'm just not a fan of the way we write them and present them because they're impersonal. And it can actually throw you into works and religion. And you're, Why would I sit on my bed and talk about Him when I could talk to Him? Yeah. That one little switch... Er, can change a whole lot. I've seen a lot of people over the years confess confession sheets and get troubled and stumbled and say, how come this didn't happen? I was confessing it for weeks. And it's like, it's, it's a works. It's like, well, if I can confess it long enough, God will do it. If I can confess it long enough, God will do it. And I want to give you an example and I want to roll it into communion with God. So you don't have to throw away your confession sheets, turn them into Communion with the Lord do you understand what I'm saying Uh, this is a good one somebody brought this in and handed it to me and said hey will this work is this what you were looking for I said this is exactly what I was looking for (laughs) so uh, here's here's confessions of faith okay I will not talk of fear, but I will believe and say, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So, you know, you go down this list, I will not say I am weak, but I believe and say, the Lord is the strength of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? So imagine you're walking in the morning, doing your devotion time, and you're quoting all these and praying all these. It's possible to do this for years and never even talk to the Lord. Are you following me? (laughs) Knowledge can puff you up. And all of a sudden, what you're doing and what you're saying is what's going to make the difference instead of who he is. Who he is is what changes everything. And until who he is bears witness with your heart through what he says, that's where the reality God's found. So, do you you hear how these are written? I'm not... I'm not trashing them. I'm not saying, you know, this was dumb. Somebody shouldn't have wrote this, you know. What I'm saying is, hey, there's a truth here that we need to see through relationship. And I don't ever encourage, when I said I'm not a fan of them, I would never teach you to just walk the floor and read these every day without making personal contact with Him. That's all I'm saying, okay? Because I've seen the effects of that. You'll take, you take one person that got a promotion and highlight that thing and have them share it for three weeks and the hundred other people in your church that are reading those same things every day are frustrated, confused, wondering why they're laid off and where's the money? <laughs> I'm just being real. <laughs> it's, not a, it's, it's not about just... Okay, so you sit and, 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 you're, and you're walking the floor. I will not worry and be anxious. I'm confessing, I cast all my cares upon Him. He cares for me. I will not fear poverty, but I confess, God, You'll supply all my needs. So you're looking at your checkbook, and you're going, Oh God. And then the mail comes, and you're looking at three more bills, and all of a sudden you're walking, I'm not fearing poverty. I am not fearing poverty. And you have those three bills in your hand. I will not feel poverty. My God shall supply all my needs. And see, we've been taught that that's Christianity. A lot of people have been taught that's Christianity. I just don't teach that. I don't live that way. I was grew up around a lot of that in the Lord, uh, but <laughs> but never participated <laughs> because it just seems too real to me to open my mailbox and pull out three letters and see that two of them are bills and I am already short on money and now I have two bills I forgot I was even getting this month. You following the picture and right there, Father, I so thank you. I know things seem tight and it would be the temptation to just be stretched on this but I so thank I just stand right in my mailbox I so thank you that I don't ever have to fear God I know you're making a way I know that thing that I just applied for is coming through I just know it I, I just believe you're showing me favor and even if it's not through that avenue I will not be lacking in this because you love me and you've made a way and I'm not going to wring my hands lose sleep my trust is in you you're amazing you're my father and I love you and appreciate you. And I would keep myself in a place of... Where we're just saying all the right things. And scared half to death. See what I mean? It doesn't do me any good to say all the right things. Say all the right things. Say all the right things. The right things and then just be all the opposite things. And I think that the change in my life is because I'm saying all the right things. See, it's not just a confession. just a confession; <laughs> It's a belief. Romans 10 says with the heart a man believes and with his mouth he makes confession unto salvation. So it's not a confession unto salvation. It's a believing with your heart and the believing with your heart comes out of your mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. So I don't encourage people... So let me just do this a little bit with you. Just so you get the idea of what I mean. Because when you read your Bible, we're going to do the same thing with your Bible. So you might have some of these laying around home. I'm not saying throw them away. I'm saying, man, they can springboard you into communion if you have the right concept. You follow me? I'll not be afraid of man or demons. I confess, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. Father, I thank you you wrote your word and you told me you're greater. There's no need for fear. It doesn't matter who touches me, who bumps against me, who rubs against me in a crowd. Father, you've made me to be love, and love dominates and rules and I am not afraid. You've come and filled me with your very spirit. I'm not looking over my shoulder, I'm looking up. You've been my help and you've come. And Father, I just thank you and I love you and I appreciate you, you have put strength and boldness in my life. I thank you. It's not presumption, it's boldness. It's a knowing that you're with me and you're in me. And if you're for me, who could ever be against me? Father, I just stand here with nobody looking, raise my hands to you and worship you because you are my God and you're my Father. That's communion. You read that scripture a thousand times. And it becomes a principle, a precept that should be real to you. You enter into fellowship and relationship. Like uh, somebody said over here earlier, you know, when we talk to each other, we don't do impersonal quotations to each other. When I talk to Anthony, I talk to Anthony. (coughs) I don't want to just say scriptures about him when I can talk to him. Do you see what I'm saying? And who would agree? Who would agree that one of the most... Biggest heart cries in our lives and one of the things that we feel like we want the most is God being more real in our lives. I mean to where He's not just a principal but He's actually here and He's real. Who would agree that that's a heart cry in you? Across the board, most people want God to be more real. It's communion with Him. It's with your heart you're believing, with your mouth you're making. So I'm not trashing, I don't want you to think I'm trashing confession sheets. I'm saying change the eye that you're living through. If you can change your perspective, if you can look at something through a clearer, cleaner truth, you can can release more light in life. Amen? So uh, uh, I will not worry about God's guidance but I'll confess the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. See, that's the Scripture. That's awesome. So when you read the Bible, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. When I teach on meditating in the Word, remember Psalms 1? Meditate day and night. So say you read that in uh, uh, Psalms. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And and in Proverbs. So you you read that, and when you're reading that, you stop right there. You just stop. That speaks to you and you say, Father, I thank You. You're the one that really leads me and guides me. You give me impressions in my heart. I rejoice in you you give me the desires of my heart and even if I would step out you're the one that adjusts me and you're the one that guides me even if it seems like I have a good idea and I'm not clearly hearing you I believe you'll work all things together for the good because my heart is not to be presumptuous to miss you to be my own man my own source my own wisdom God I surrender to you and I give you my life and I thank you that the things that I do are led by you you see what I mean and you're kneeling down and nobody's looking nobody's around it's just you so it's pretty real you either lost your mind and you're wasting your time or God's real (laughs) see I like that I like it that that way (laughs) right it's just cool so you know uh, this whole I will not fear thing I will not fear I have watched people quote scriptures that say they won't fear and talk a personal and don't even sleep at night they're a wreck they're on the phone every day about their situation and when you talk to them they say oh yeah but I've been praying I'm not fearing and I've been quoting this scripture Love, perfect love casts out what? Not quoting that you shouldn't be afraid. <laughs> you know what happens to people when they're impersonal with the Lord after a while? They start realizing they're quoting something and it's not their reality. And it does something here and here. It just, it, it, it starts to get them. And they think, man, I've been believing this or saying I believe this for years. But in reality, I'm this and this and this. And the gospel's greater than that. The Gospel's greater than that. You can sit and receive His love. Father, you are so for me. I am so not I am so not afraid. Of this. Uh, I, had a, I had law enforcement people come to my house one day, and they, they charged me with something that was bizarre. And my son was there, and he apparently was with me when I committed this crime. And uh, it was five teenagers and an adult that were drinking who took my license plate and I don't know if they were just on a dare I don't know what they were doing but they reported me as doing something my my truck and my license plate so the officers came to my house because these people and they said that they would they would testify all five of them swore and wrote out on an affidavit they would testify this thing in a court and they show up at my house and say were you this and did you this on such and such a night and I'm like huh? No. And they're, they're like, well, then you tell me why. And it's like a, it was like a movie you've seen before where they had the light on you and they're trying to back you down and break you and crack you. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, so you better know who you are when that stuff happens. And you better not be alive for you or you are a cat in a corner. <laughs> and I'm like... Guys, and he got, oh man, this guy got in my face. I mean, he said, then you tell me why. And he leaned and he had me. He's like, I gotcha. It's like a detective on a movie. And, and I'm sitting there and I said, I can't tell you. I don't have a clue. I said, I, you would have to tell me why people would do this. I said, sir, this is absurd. I said, listen, I'm a Christian man. He said, don't you bring your religion into this. It has nothing to do with that."
1: <laughs> I said
0: you're right Randy (laughs) I said no sir I said I'm a real Christian it has everything to do with it because integrity means something to me and I'm a man with a good name and I don't have closets and I don't live in secret and I'm staring him right in the eyes and I just told him who I was I said so yes it does mean everything to me and I said and the comment I was going to make I wouldn't have done this before I was a Christian let alone now that I am and they're sitting there whole thing worked out you know at the end they were getting up he said well seeing that you're a pastor in the area and you have a good name he said if this thing progresses past today it could get really ugly we're leaving now I'm going to give you one more chance to tell us anything we need to know before I go <laughs> and I said this I looked real confident I said sir you need to look me right in the eyes I said right in the eyes He couldn't. He kept looking away. I said, well, since you can, I'll look at your friend, your partner, because he stared me right in the eyes, his friend. And I looked him right in the eyes and I said, Sir, I have no clue what you're talking about. I'm innocent. You can judge me guilty. Throw me in prison. Because of that, somebody will get to know Jesus. I won't get hard. I won't get hurt. But I'm not fighting like a cat in the corner. I said, I don't know why you're accusing me of this. I've done nothing. But I said, it will all work out to the glory of God. And one day, even if you accuse me of this and judge me and throw me in a jail, I said, one day heaven will reveal I've been an innocent man all along. And God has still worked all things together for His good. Big smile on my face looking right in His eyeballs. Because I said, you're just not going to break me with crazy stuff like this. My life's not my own. I'm not. oh my God, I've got to get an attorney. Oh my God, hey, pray for me.
1: Oh my God, they're accusing me. Ah!
0: I just don't know how to live that way and I'm not gonna (laughs) he stood up and dismissed himself and his friend and they went outside and my son wasn't home and they were uh, asking if they could see my son I said he's not home and I don't know where he is you guys dropped in unexpected and right as they're going out the front door my son's walking in the back door and I said hey buddy come here I said two fellas need to see you I opened up the front door and I said hey I said, my son just walked in the back door here. He's just coming home from playing or something. I said, you guys want to see him? He said, oh, we'd love to see him, yes. So they get him out on the porch. They said, hi. Hey, you know, we just came to ask a few questions and talk. Don't be alarmed that we're at your house. It's okay. Because they're there in uniform and he's like... <laughs> and they said, were you with your daddy here, there? Yeah. Did you this or that? No. Did you? No. So you never... No. And I'm standing there going, this is too funny. (laughs) And and they said, okay, well thanks. You've been a big help for us. And I said, see you guys. We walked in the house, had the door pushed shut, and we're standing in a circle. Here's what we're doing. Father, thank you. You're God of justice and you're God of truth. And we just release this thing. This thing is not changing our world. It's not our soap opera. It's not our story. You're our story. And Father, we just thank you. All things are in your hand. While I'm praying that, that's just a release of my faith. That means every day I'm not waiting for a phone call, wondering how this is working out. It doesn't mean that I'm carrying this over my head. Right as we're praying, they tapped on the door. We slid the door open. We're standing there in a circle praying. And they're peeking in. There we are praying. And uh, he said, could you come out on the porch? And I said, yeah. He said, uh, me and my partner don't believe you did this. I said, well... <laughs> That's probably good. (laughs) And uh, he said, but we still have a problem. We have five people that have sworn on an affidavit that you did and that they'll testify in court. And we have to pursue this because it's a charge. I said, sir, you do what you have to do. I promise Jesus is Lord. And I just smiled. Now, this is neat. I can tell you this is true as I stand here. I went back in the house and lived every day as if that never happened. Why? Because of communion, fellowship, and relationship with Jesus. As if it never happened. I'm not waiting for the phone. I'm not waiting for the thing in the mail. I'm not thinking, when is this thing going to all come down? Why? Because then I'm turned back into all about me. I'm missing everything in front of me every day. And I'm not manifesting love anymore. I'm self consumed, self concerned, and full of fear because something's hitting me so personal. Are you following me? The gospel is here design to change the way you think and live. It's your perspective. Because if you don't understand what I'm saying, Satan will take so many cheap shots at you and he'll just keep you distracted and riding the waves your whole life. And you're just using the gospel to get by instead of manifest Christ. Are you following me? (laughs) You're just using the gospel to try to sail smooth. And it's all reduced then back to you and everything going good. Would it be the end of the world if something like that happened to me and, and, and I was truly innocent, truly innocent, and my heart and conscience is clear, would it be the end of the world if something like that happened to me and they threw me in jail for six months? Would it be the end of the world? No. <clears throat> you think, with your reputation? and You have to go to jail. and There's people in jail. Yeah. I'm innocent. Grace is with me. Favor is with me. Joseph went to jail yeah. and God worked His glory. And Joseph didn't change. He grew up in the Lord. See, you you get challenged by these things, these thoughts, because it it shows you where you're really at, because for most people, that's the end of the world. And you're writing books, and and how the injustice of the system, and now you're on some other vendetta instead of ministering Christ. And it becomes your whole life. It captures your whole life, that one little six-month thing. And now you're on talk shows, and you were really innocent, and now you're writing books. That's what happens to people. And their purpose is to be like Christ. So would it have been the end of the world? No. Is it something you're praying for to happen? Well, no. But does it change truth? Actually makes a draw on it, doesn't it? I'm telling you we would get on, we, 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 our life would become a soap opera in most cases if that stuff happens to us they never they never came back and told me anything it was a fault of theirs I could have been really mad about that you know why most people get really mad about that because until you hear back it's eating your lunch and you can't even live are you following me? Yeah. that's why we get so mad because that cost us so much yep. you mean you knew different all this time and you never had the decency to come back and tell me and night after night I laid and wring my hands and wondered if I was going to be in jail had to get an attorney and fight this thing and you knew all along this thing wasn't happening and you didn't have the decency to come and tell me that it was resolved you sure had the ability to come and tell me I was charged <laughs> and now we have a right because they're wrong and you learn a lot through this stuff Because I bumped into these fellas out in public and they were together. And it was three months later. And I had actually forgotten about the whole incident. Isn't that sweet? Until I saw them and I went, that's those guys that put me under the light. (laughs) Trouble is, I was already in the light. (laughs) Oh, here's another thought. When they came in my house and asked asked me those questions and charged me I said now I did this just because I was never in a situation like this so you don't know what you're prepared for you just you live the gospel and when life presents itself the gospel defends you a lot of us live our life and as life presents itself we pursue the gospel (laughs) that's why we lose a lot of battles we go after God harder once life presents itself. No, you go after God hard, and when life presents itself, the gospel defends you because it becomes who you are. We get it backwards a lot of times. But here's what I did. I said, could you guys excuse me for a second?" Because they told me that what was going on. I said, can you just excuse me for a second? I'll be right back. I walked down in the basement, closed the door, went the whole way down into the washroom, got alone. I said, Lord, I have no clue what's going on. I will not submit to fear and the feeling of a cat in a corner. And I will not defend myself and
2: give every man the right to judge me. I said, you know the truth. And I stand in that confidence you're a
0: just and righteous judge. Thanks for being my king. And I walked back upstairs. <laughs> I said, okay, we can talk now. <laughs> I just did that to just be sure that I was in a clear place. Because the tendency is to go... What? You're kidding me. Well, hey, I can't. And, and all of a sudden you're backing up, and now you're, you look like you're fighting back as if. I just, I don't know about you. We grew up and that was normal. I don't like that feeling now that I'm saved. I, I won't be in a corner. You're not putting me in a corner. Get me to fight and defend for myself. They looked at Jesus and marveled that he didn't say a word. It's amazing. When you start defending, you know what you do. You make people your judge. You give them permission to judge your defense. You actually do. You label them. You give them the right to judge you. You label them as your judge when you defend yourself. I'm talking, I didn't do it. Did not. Don't point that finger at me. Hey, well, why don't you go talk to them? Now somebody has to decide. You know, you just you just help... You help, you help appropriate that situation. I don't know how I got on that uh, other than... I don't even know how I got on that story. But this is school. If I don't have relationship and intimacy with God, and if all I have is a confession, that reality of that situation rises way above where I've grown in Him. You following what I'm saying? You know that's what happens to us a lot. Life is real. The words people speak are real. The actions and things people do are real. And they hit us right in the face. And they become bigger than what we've established and grown. And that's why we, a lot of times. Because your natural reality supersedes where you've grown in truth. You follow me? That's why I spend so much time talking about communion with the Lord and fellowshiping with God and getting to know Him where He becomes real because I don't have to pull a book out and start quoting scripture. I've become the scripture. (laughs) Are you following me? I've become the word. So I don't have to quote it. You're looking at it. (laughs) Are you following me? Was Jesus the word? Yeah. Did he give us the word? So we can quote it or become it. He said, follow me. (laughs) things I do you'll do there's there's a grace on us to become for the word to become alive and manifest in our lives where we're the living epistle Paul said you are epistles to men you're read by men you're seen and read by men you're written on their hearts right living epistles seen and read by men whoa without preaching just by character love motive amen amen yeah, it's just good. Let's go to uh, Colossians. Let's go to Colossians. That would be a good place. We taught a lot there, didn't we, the first two weeks. Were we in there a lot? Yeah. <laughs> it's a blur to me. I just know I was having fun. That, first, that second week of school, I actually felt like the, I, was, I was learning so much when I was teaching. That kind of sounds weird, but oh my goodness, I felt like the Lord was teaching me so much while I was teaching. I was like, whoa. You guys get the idea of what I mean by meditating in these confession sheets and turning them... You, you, I'm not trashing confession. Do you get the idea? I will not go on in sin, but I will love and obey my Lord Jesus Christ. And then they quote the Scripture of Hebrews 12. I will lay aside every weight and the sin that besets me and run with patience the race that's set before me, looking unto Him at all times you see so you hear the principles so somebody who wrote this has a very good intention to keep you geared in truth right I'm saying take it a step further and make it a very personal expression with the Lord here's a prayer that I used to pray all the time when I first got saved because I had who knows that you have certain habits in your life tendencies in your life you did things and, and did them knowingly and then you know it's even like habit hunger who knows you start to fast and your body says uh, you used to feed me about now uh, <coughs> and about a half hour later goes by and it <coughs> <coughs> Hello. We're buds. Remember, we've been together like, since the beginning? <laughs> uh, Don't you love me anymore? Hello) Ah <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's what happens.
0: It's a habit. It's a habit hunger. It's just your train your body's saying, Whoa, it's the same thing with certain sins, desires. There's things that used to drive you when you weren't saved, and now that you care, they used to eat your lunch and they owned you. They were strongholds and they still come and whisper and hey, don't you want to see this? Hey, don't you want to do this? Hey, wouldn't this be awesome? Who knows that happens? Martha and I had to talk about this whether it's the soul whether it's the devil whether it's just a habit whether it's a lack of innocence it doesn't matter it's not God and it's not your heart so you have to take a stand somehow right? how would you do that? here's what I did every time that happened to me I had certain tendencies guys I was such a mess before I was saved I was sharing a little bit of that the other uh, uh, a couple days ago but, but I was a totally different person so I had sin issues I had lust issues I had issues Ah, oh, okay. So I drive down through town. I'm just going to be. Can I be, Can I be, Can I exploit my old man? Even though since he's dead, even though he's dead, just to give you an idea of what I'm talking about, I have to use myself for an illustration. I can be humble and do this, Anthony. <laughs> I used to drive downtown. Because it was better than 30, because 30 didn't have three lanes that then. And even then, I was so scarred by 30, I thought, oh, I'm not getting on 30. You just sit there. It's not a bypass. <laughs> so, so, you know, and I was mad at 30. I was bitter. I was oh, I'm forgiven this. 30, you don't bypass. You not know, bypass. You know, because you're know, just mad. You're mad at life, you know. You come over the hill, traffic. Uh-uh, ah. You know, you're just mad, right? So I used to drive through town. It was the shortcut. I could get through town pretty easy and I had it clocked that the fire engines and the emergency vehicles like the speed limit is 25 but if you go 35 you can hit all the lights green because it's set for them in emergencies but you're not supposed to go 35 you're supposed to go 25 and get stopped at almost every other light I learned hey, if I go 35 I can hit them all yeah. so I'm not thinking Jesus I'm thinking me and I'm driving through there well downtown you got offices and buildings I'm, I'm I'm young. I'm in my twenties. I'm up through there now. I'm 33. I'm saved, and I'm driving through town. Well, I used to enjoy. I I'd just, I'd look all around. I'd look at girls. I'd look at secretaries at lunch hour. I'm just driving through, going, "Wow, ooh, there's a nice looking girl. Whoa, look at that dress. Whoa, look at that. That's how I was. Now I get saved. Now I get saved. I'm driving through town, same town that I drove through for 13 years, looking around like a lost man. I'm married. I have a wife, and I'm looking at everybody walking, being real. Is that okay if I'm real? Yes. Now I'm driving. I've got a dilemma. Because for 13 years, this man, but he's born again now. He's changed. You don't think that because of a lack of innocence or a loss of innocence or a violation of innocence, even though my heart's pure now, you don't think that the memory of me living that way for 13 years is in my head when I'm driving through town? True? True? so guess what I started doing because I am for real because I do love Jesus because I am changed and you don't have to be afraid to hug me Hannah <laughs> so, so see because I, I was telling these terrible stories the other day and I said man if you knew this you'd never hug me <laughs> but I'm born again so, so I would drive through town now you weren't in my car with me so I wasn't trying to impress you <sighs> see 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 I wasn't just taking a ride with Anthony trying to look spiritual <laughs> It was just me in countless times driving through town just rerouting myself and just fine tuning and getting me locked into integrity and honor in Jesus. Father I thank you it's not that I'm under the law that I couldn't look around I'd look straight ahead on purpose. Watch the road. And this is what I would say Father I thank you my heart is not to sin I love you with everything I am my heart is living on in honor and integrity
2: and i thank you for the privilege of life and the value of life and that you, Lord God,
0: are teaching me the integrity of life. And I would just start praying like that. My heart is so not to sin. And what I was saying is I am not giving any place to the devil. I'm not unaware of his devices. I shared testimony. Martha heard it years ago when I was at church. I used to share it. I was pumping gas and I was all by myself and this, this blonde hair was sticking over the side at the side of the pump. I could see the back of this blonde hair and in my head, I'm pulling my guess. I'm not thinking lust I'm not thinking women I'm a Christian I'm a married man I'm doing good and yet this stupid thought where did it come from brother? I don't know but it wasn't me said this thought said wow I bet that's a good looking young lady and out of my heart said who cares if it is? who cares if so what? what does it have to do with me? 'Cause see, things are so changed. See, in the former days, I'd be like pumping,
1: <laughs>
0: drop my keys, you know.
1: <laughs> stupid!
0: I'm being real stupid. I said, S- so what if it is? Pump again. Yes. So what if it is? Pump again. Yes. I mean that. So what? who cares? So oh, God bless her. Hope she's doing right with her looks. Bless her God. Because, yeah, that can be a tough one. So I go in, I pay for my gas. I'm coming out. This voice says, You know, she's still standing there. You can still look. Out of my heart, I don't want to look. Why would I need to look? And I'm not under the law. I just don't want to look. And I was talking like that. Walking across. And you weren't there. Oh, do you get the point? You weren't there. I was with Jesus. Jesus. I got in my car pulled around I don't want to look I'm not under the law I could look but as soon as you look see you wanted to look you had to look you needed to look see I won't even play that drove I pulled out of the rudders onto the main street on Bannister and went absolutely ballistic I can't tell you how clean I felt I was just so squeaky in the spirit I I
1: was
0: and I was shouting I was flipping out you have no idea I was four blocks from home and I'm screaming in my car I'm so clean in your sight God I love you you've changed my life you've purified my heart it is not my heart to sin I'm your son and you weren't in the car whoa you get it clean worship God started thanking God for my wife my marriage my family what's happening the whole time the integrity of my heart is being attached to revelation and the life lived and purity and what it really means to live pure in the face of trial and temptation and world to be in the midst of the world but not of the world to have the opportunity to sin all around you the opportunity to be flesh all the time and yet you live by the Spirit it's fun now the best time to do that It's when you're all alone. Because that's when you're you. Oh, come on. That's when you do your own heart justice and never mess with your own head. When it's just you. When there's somebody else with you, that could be why. But when nobody's looking you still see because you have a heart for him. Are you following me? Cool. It's a big deal. Be your own best friend that way. Like, I don't need you to hold me accountable. I do a good job myself. (laughs) But if you want to cheer me on and encourage me in some things, go for it. (laughs) But I don't need you to keep me straight the heart and integrity is put in me keeps me straight if I need you to keep me straight I probably need to repent <laughs> if I need you to call me everyday to make sure that I'm walking a straight line I probably need to get on my knees before God and let him do a few things in me
1: <laughs> are you following me
0: I pray this all the time it is not my heart to sin I pray it all the time. Now I haven't prayed it for a while. It's just, that's that's just in me. But for a while, I prayed it out loud all the time. Why? Because things would try to pull and tug. Who's ever had things pull and tug on you? Try to pull and tug on you. And your heart's going one way and your head's going another. Emotions are going another. Desires are trying to rise up that you know you're not conjuring. You don't believe you're sitting on. And sometimes we take responsibility for them and, you know, try to get ministry. And I say, I don't encourage people, if something's bothering you, don't you take credit for it and think it's you and I got some real problems I keep thinking this oh my god I keep thinking this I mean I must still want to deep down in must have this deep down in embedded in me I must really want this because I keep thinking this and you're hurting and you're telling me about it that tells me it's not you it's not some secret whim some secret fantasy it's not something. It's it's trying to buy out your identity and get you to sell cheap so what do you do? You cast down every thought and every imagination that rises above the knowledge of God. You 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 take a stand and you declare. You flip that thing 180. If it's bothering you, you flip it 180 and declare who you are, who you are, and keep yourself completely separated from that thing. Because once you start asking for prayer, what you're saying is, "This is me and I have a problem." But yet your tears are real, and you're bothered by it. So is it really you? You get it? Come on. That to me is one of the best truths that Holy Spirit gave me a long time ago for my own life to separate those things. If it bothers me, it ain't coming out of me. And even if it feels like it has a piece of me or owns me for a little bit or is trying to get my attention, as long as my heart's alive going, no, then I have firepower right there until I say, this is me. Once this is me, then I have become a different tree, and now I have permission to bear different fruit. Now when I bear fruit tr- fruit, well, what do you expect? This is me? I got this issue. See how it works? Identity's huge. Satan's after every man's identity. He wants you confused. He wants you not sure who you are. Uh, all kinds of stuff, man. I live out of the strength of what I call a pure heart. I, I'm not the judge of my own heart, even in that depth. Paul says I don't judge myself. These time will tell and God'll I'll stand before the Lord, but the best I know, I'm doing what I know is right. You follow me? Be your own best friend. I don't know why I'm on this so straight and strong, but I feel real sober in my heart right now. I'm talking to every person, young and old, alike in this room. Do yourself justice. Be a friend to your conscience. Don't don't talk yourself short and cheap. Even if you bite your lip and force the flesh to hush, to do what you know is right, that's not legalism. That's actually integrity and sincerity and that will birth a reality of God in your life. There's a place for you to suffer in the flesh sometimes to cease from sin because you're saying look I know what I want to do but God's way is better and that's unprofitable and there's a bite to that and even though uh, I feel like I want to do that down deep in my heart no it's okay to live that way that's not legalism and somebody says well I'm not under the law God still loves me God knows my heart and then you gray out your conscience and wreck your soul and then you can't even have intimacy with God because you see yourself for what you've done instead of what He's done. Follow me? Well, this stuff's important to take time and talk about because this is the walking out of your everyday life. You know, sometimes we get all about the power of God and the supernatural and we want to see this and want to see that. I don't know. I just, I just, Really, where I want to start is I want to live free and I want to be looking in the mirror and smile. I want to have a good conscience. And I want to know that when I talk to Him and, 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 and pray to Him that we have intimate fellowship because... There's a true faith working through love and all things are clear and clean. Not because I'm under the law, but because I understand His goodness and it's changed my life. You understand? That's what I want. The reason a lot of people don't engage intimately, they pray because we have prayer needs and we have a prayer life and it's based on what we need God to do, the people we need Him to bless, the people we need healed, the things that need to come in line. So a lot of people have a prayer life and a lot of people don't understand and have an intimacy life and a communal life where they're letting God father them, where they're receiving His love and we'll go into that now when I go to Colossians here. And the reason is, is because of some of these violations gray spots in our souls we don't think too good of ourselves and we don't see ourselves in that place there's a boldness when you're cleaning your conscience to have fellowship with him there's actually a boldness because you understand he loves you right? like she shared yesterday about he doesn't just plan us he tends us and she couldn't say it without crying I'm like uh, uh, cry some more <laughs> just loved it she just got
1: all. Did you see her? She said, you know, he doesn't only plant us, but he, oh, I'm going to cry. He <laughs> us. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I
0: just loved it. Thanks for letting me do that. <laughs> you didn't have a choice, did you? I just did it. <laughs> it was so sweet. It's like so amazing. I love that stuff. Because you know what? For her to just bubble out like that and, whoa, and get squeaky voiced and so sweet and tears pouring that means that's real look he didn't just plant me i'm not just his will he loves me cares for me nurtures me there's nights he's held me there's times he's coming you get it that's what she's saying and you know it's real and you're like yay amen it's a big deal to me colossians let's go there meditating in the word day and night meditating in the word day and night remember i said He's not talking about reading the Bible 24-7. He's talking about developing a consciousness in truth, a consciousness in the Word. Uh, actually, uh, you don't have to turn there. I'll just make this comment. 1 Corinthians 1, verse I think 30 says that Christ Jesus has become the wisdom of God for us. That Christ Jesus in His life lived is the wisdom of God for us. So everything else, if you're not thinking through Christ, it's not the wisdom of God. It's just the way that seems right to a man. And that's what eats our lunch all the time, just natural knowledge, common knowledge. Common knowledge. Common sense. You know, there's a level of common sense that's a good thing and a healthy thing, but I don't want the way that's common to man. I want the wisdom of God. True? And Christ Jesus has become... That wisdom. So if I follow Christ and look at his life, see how he's thinking through the Father, there's a way that seems right to man, but the way that God thinks is revealed through Christ. It's a totally different. It's amazing how it's a 180 in almost every case. So, so I want you to think of this. We're reading our Bible today, but we're not reading it to know about God. If you don't make the shift on that confession sheet that I was sharing, if you don't make the shift on that confession sheet, what are you doing? You're just reading about God and making the declaration. I'm not reading my Bible to know about God. I'm reading my Bible to know God. Do you know some people read their Bible because it's the Christian thing to do and I better read my Bible today. And they read their Bible because their Christian friends going to say, man, were you in the Word today? Hey, I was in the Word, brother. I read like two chapters, man. Really, where were you? Oh, I was in this chapter and this chapter. Good, hey, cool, dude. That's what we do. Or 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 you know, a couple days go by and we think, Man, I need to get in my Bible and read. I mean, I should be reading my Bible. I ain't been in my Bible, it's been so busy, and I, I need to read my Bible because that's what Christians do. No, don't do that. That is so that is just like bleh. that is a bleh. It is. It's 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 you wanting to know Him. It's a face-to-face encounter. It's you wanting to understand and and reroute the way you think. And and you want to get in here and know Him. And you want the truth to minister to you. And you believe in the Holy Spirit is going to illuminate you and cause the light to shine and take the things that are weak and make them strong and all that good stuff, right? So you have a heart and an intent when you read your Bible. Don't just sit and read it as a history book. That's easy to do with the Bible. You're not just sitting for knowledge. It can puff you up. You want to know Him. So uh, a thing I encourage people to do is when you get along with God in the Bible and the Word of God, Holy Spirit, thank you, you inspired men to write this and all the cost and, and the price even of blood. This is amazing. You in the year 2011 have made sure I have your Word in my hand. That's incredible. Just little thoughts. Get you to appreciate and honor this thing. And God, you watch over your word to perform it. You keep your word. Heaven and earth's passing away. Your word's going to remain forever. This is a big deal that I'm holding this right now. Thank you. It's your love to me. It's the truth about you. It's the truth about me. Holy Spirit, when I read this, I'm asking you to illuminate me. I'm asking you to reveal the Father to me, reveal the truth about my own life, cause me to see, let my eyes open wide. I want to know you. There's times I would sit on my bed in the beginning. See, you establish things. I don't pray the same things that I've always prayed. You change along the way because those things become real to you and you don't have to pray them. You follow me? But there's times I would pray like that. I want to know you. Lord, I must know you. And i just sing certain songs like that and I would just sing I would just take off and sing and I didn't care what it sounded like sometimes it sounded alright I I'm just sing especially if the water was running in the shower you always sounded in the shower but knowing you
2: Jesus knowing you you slip to your knees right
0: you sing that song that came out of Promise Keepers Era. oh what a good song you start singing these kind of songs didn't even read my Bible yet I'm just I'm just affirming in my heart, you know what? I'm hungry to know you. God, I so thank you, you made yourself known to me and available to me through Christ, through the Word, and now by Holy Spirit in me. And I say, thank you, Lord. While I'm doing that, I was ready to maybe read. You know how, you guys know how I preach, right? I'm like, hey, turn here, and then we go to three other places and never even go there. Well, that ha- that's because that's what happens to me all the time in my relationship life. Like, I'm thinking, well, I'll read here, and about the time I'm singing, and Ray Robert, all of a sudden i got another scripture on my heart, so I'll just flip there. Who knows that I'm being taken there most of the time? Then I start reading it. So, So that's just... Let's just jump in here in Colossians and let's just go into our bedrooms and be all alone, right? And we're just, we're just going to read our Bible, but we're going to meditate in the Word day and night. So here's what we could do. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. And most of us, you know, we're, we're reading quiet most of the time. I know people say read out loud because of the power of the Word and confession. I do both, okay? I read quiet sometimes and I read out loud, but it's rare I stay quiet. I might read out, I might read quiet, but I respond out loud. There's times I'll just lean back my head and close my eyes, and my heart's very alive. You'd be amazed. You're, you're, there's no technique. It's what's right to you, what's real to you, that, that there's faith in it. If it gets routine, if it's a textbook, yeah. Well, you need to do it this and this and this no I'm just sharing a principle with you called meditating in God's word most of the time here's what we do Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy our brother to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ through in Colossae grace to you peace from God our father the Lord Jesus Christ we give thanks to God the father of our Lord Jesus Christ praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Christ and we just read the whole chapter true we just sit and read whether we're doing it quiet (coughs) Right? You might wow. Yeah, that's good. You get your little highlighter. You know, you know. Right? I do it. I'm not making fun. I do. You know? You're just, Whoa, that's got to be a rainbow right there. You know? Look. In fact, this page has two of them on it. Two rainbows right here. Yay! All those colors mean something in my Bible, by the way. That's something that I did a long time ago. They all mean something. They all have meaning. and little color code in the front. Green, everywhere you see green, it's the love of God. Where you see blue, it's the working of Holy Spirit. Where you see orange, it's a promise, and purple's a condition to receiving that promise. So it all has meaning. So when I would read my Bible with that color code in my mind, it would really make a draw on things, and I would see things for what they're really saying rather than just read my Bible. So that's my own... I did all that. that. So. Isn't that pretty? <laughs>
1: and
0: this is my third Bible. Fourth Bible since I've been saved. Fourth Bible since I've been saved. I mark them all up, fill them up with notes, and, and then I give them to somebody. A young Christian. And then I get a brand new Bible and start all over again. And just... <laughs> First Bible, we asked me to give away. I coveted so much, I acted like I didn't hear the Lord. <laughs> it's true. This young, little young girl came up after a service and said, what translation do you teach out of? And I told her. Said, And she said, what's the Bible? And I told her. And she said, where do you think I could get one of them? And the Lord said, just give it to her right now. And see, that's so fun when you obey and just do that. Oh, it's like, just boom. And I'm like, thinking just give it to her it's my bible all marked up it's my first bible it's all marked up i mean this thing is and he says just give it to her and i'm like well actually right now they're closing that christian bookstore up there in dover they're on sale i think you could get one of these right now for almost like half price or something and it's like are you for real Give her your Bible. And I'm like, that cannot be God. To give her my Bible. Because this is my Bible. It's got my notes, my marks, my stuff in it. It has my own color code in there. It's, it's, it's mine. So I'm driving home, and I'm very aware that the Lord said, Give her your Bible, right? Who knows you know when you hear God on things. And you act like it ain't Him. You act like... Because it's the last thing you want to hear sometimes. Because your flesh and your desire and your will is in another place. And it's called growing. So I'm driving down Philadelphia Street, and all I can think about is, give her your Bible. And that I did. And I got really, like, pulled the old emotional card out on the Lord. I thought maybe i could slip by with emotion. I thought maybe I'd sell Him with my emotions. And I'm like, yeah, like maybe I could pull one over.
1: Like,
0: I bet he knows.
1: Yeah. I was like,
0: I was like, Lord, man, I got this in my mind. I so disobeyed you. I, I am so sorry. I just repent for not giving that girl my Bible. You really wanted me to give that to her. I was so blessed, but I didn't want to give it up. And I am just so sorry that I didn't obey you. And here's what came in my heart. No, you're not. You'd turn around go back and give it to the pastor and tell him to give it to her. You'd make it right, Dan. If you were really sorry, you'd make it right, right now. You'd make sure she gets your Bible. And then I just quit praying about it because I wasn't ready to do that. And I just thought, oops. I kept that Bible for like three more months and suffered with it. Constantly thinking, it felt like it was stolen now. It's constantly thinking, it's not even mine. It's not even, it's just, ah. And and, and after my serious, I was just like, it was, and, and the whole time, I had the privilege of going back and, and confessing and saying to that pastor, you know, there was a young girl here. She was this, she was this. Oh, yeah, she just got saved. Yeah, that's so-and-so. Listen, man, I disobeyed. God wanted me to give her this. I don't even know if she got another Bible since then, but I kind of gave her some directions. But God wanted her to have this, man. Can you just make sure she gets it? Who knows the notes, the color code would have blessed her, young Christian, all that stuff. It would have inspired her to check things out and be curious and listen and read and look and see you know what I mean? Yeah. About three months goes by and then your heart just kind of gets dull in that and i and now I'm reading it's my Bible again and I'm feeling safe and I'm over that. I wasn't, but for about three months I remember it was just felt like stolen goods or something. <laughs> I just couldn't stop thinking about. That I was supposed to give it away. But I kept reading it. And now I'm kind of forgetting about it, right? So I'm in a Sunday night service. Little nine-year-old girl gets filled with the Holy Spirit in the front row. She's praying in tongues. Nine years old is the sweetest picture. She's sitting there. She's just praying in tears. Her
2: mom's just... And it's just sweet. And I'm like, oh,
0: God. And he said, give her your Bible. And I said, Absolutely. I put it I was I was so I was so ready to give away my Bible. <laughs> I gave it to her in like a moment. Boom. <laughs> I just said here. And and the mom went now see this is the glory of God. He can take because that was sin, guys. I just disobeyed. I, I was coveting that thing. I left it mean more to me than obeying God. Knowing that obeying God was better. But yet, I couldn't see past my desire. I couldn't part with it. It became that important to me. It was sentimental. And I disobeyed God. So the whole time, you know, God's fashioning my heart. And I'm learning through this. Who knows, it's not the end of the world. Who knows if Christ would have came back. I'm not going to hell. I'm growing. I'm learning. I'm learning some hard lessons. I'm learning a lot of the stuff that you hear me preach today. I'm learning then. You get it? But because you do learn and become, you get the grace to preach then on that stuff. Isn't that sweet? I didn't even hesitate. to he said, give her your Bible. I said, yeah, sure. I ran and grabbed my Bible. I said, here, honey. I said, I want you to have this. In fact, the Lord's just really put my heart that it would be good for you to have this. And I am so honored to give this to you. Well, the mom, you know moms. She's like, oh,
2: you're giving My daughter? Your Bible? I said, yeah. So this is my Bible. She, oh, you, oh,
1: Jesus, oh, Jesus. Like, like this is a big deal. And I'm like, oh.
0: the daughter is looking. She said, really?
2: Your, your, me? Thank you. She's weeping. She's nine.
0: She's praying in tongues, filled with spirit. She goes and gets those little sticky letters, or uh, yeah, the little alphabet letters, the stickies. Pastor Dan's Bible to me
1: <laughs>
0: i see your mom sometime later because they just showed up at the service it's months later she comes running over to me you have no idea how much that was the will of god giving my little girl your bible i said oh i know it was. The
1: will of god. <laughs> you have no idea how painful
0: it was to get to that point <laughs> is what I'm thinking. Isn't it funny how weird we get? We covet little things like that. It becomes so that where even though I knew that was God, I couldn't give it to that young lady. Now who knows? God will still bless that young lady. Who knows that I could have entered into that blessing? Who knows that you know that little girl's not lost and backslidden because I didn't hand her my Bible that day. God's bigger than that. I'm the one that missed out on something just being free and not coveting and understanding I missed out on a lot but I grew to this place where I had it. her mommy said that for about the three months she had that Bible or two months it was two months I think I don't know don't quote me on it it was somewhere around there it's not important she would come home from school run in the house run and grab that Bible and jump on a chair open it in a row night after night for months a nine year old intrigued because of all the notes and the and the colors and she would look in the front at the color code and she would and she was going chapter after chapter for months, reading all the notes and all the colors and making sense of the revelation God was giving me and it was all going in her. And nine years old, couldn't wait to run in from school, grab the Bible, sit on a chair. She said, Dan, it's for hours. Now some parents that would concern, honey, you need to get up and get a little, you need to this, you need to Go turn on the TV, honey. <laughs> There's so many good programs. Go get entertained. <laughs> oh, God. She is gripped by this whole thing, and she's sitting for months reading that Bible. So then I realized, wow, when I get them all marked up, and then I will give them away. Now I've had this one. I don't actually have it all marked up, so I can't give it away. There's chapters. Well, I've got, I've got a few chapters to go yet. I got John and Romans a couple to go, but I have her pretty marked up. So I don't know if somebody will get this down the road, but it's fun to me. Why I'm sharing that is that's another way it helps pull things out, see things. And what's neat in the long run is if I just want to feed on the love of God, I can just flip my pages and just read everything green. Sometimes I'll do that. I'll just, if I just want to just fellowship with Holy Spirit and just look at who He is in my life and His working power, I'll just flip pages and just read everything blue. And commune with Him. And just declare it and highlight it in my heart. You see what I mean? Or everything green. You just scans, promises, conditions, things like that. So it's, it's just a neat thing. But it gets more out of the Word where you're not just reading through the chapter. So who knows that the tendency is to just read for knowledge, just read for reading. But now I want to read in the way of meditating in the Word. You ready? Can we do it? We're just jumping in. Colossians, I had no plan here this morning. It doesn't matter where you go. You could pick a place and we could do this. Really. And uh, I don't do this every time I read my Bible. Sometimes... I'll read, I'll read. I just feel like reading. There's no law to this. I'll just feel like reading uh, the whole book of Philippians straight through or the whole book of Romans straight through. You really want to get fired up. Read the whole book of Hebrews from the beginning to the end and just go, uh, that's what I do. (laughs) Rather than three more chapters to go. it's because it's alive because of this right here what I'm about to teach you because then when you start reading chapters in a row there's something that your spirit man is trained in there's something your understanding connects with and you're not just reading your Bible does this make sense? So this is what we're purposing so let's just begin to read and let's just go into our bedrooms and let's just begin to meditate on the word Father I just thank you for your word today and, man, I'm not reading this to know about you. I don't want to know about you. I so want to know you. Knowing about you is cool. But knowing you and knowing who you are and how you work and function, your, your not just your precepts, but your perspectives, your motives, your heart, Lord. Look, if I'm your son, if you're in me, if you're my daddy and your DNA's in me, I want to be like you. And I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, to illuminate me in such a way that the very heart of my Father, the very heart of God is revealed to me that when I read these scriptures that I actually see who I've become because of your finished
2: work and your great love for me. Would you make me just like you?
0: Thanks for what you're doing in my heart. Thanks for what you're doing in my life. I so honor you and I thank you that I have the Word of God right here on my lap. Thank you, Lord. Okay, that's with you not looking that's just me alone so I want you to just picture we're just doing this in our bedrooms okay Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God Father I thank you I'm your will (laughs) Paul was your will and so am I you died once for all and you've called me I'm the will of God there was a time to be born and I'm here you saw me before I was seen my days today I'm not born out of time I'm not too early too late I'm right on time you're with me and I thank you I'm your will and Timothy our brother to the saints and the faithful Father thank you I'm so clean I am a saint man I was a sinner and now I'm your son and Father I thank you you're causing my heart to be faithful I thank you Lord you're doing such a work in me that God when I go to bed I can have a clear conscience I know Lord God that I desire you you just speak to me you lead me you give me instruction I'm a yes sir yes Lord God I want to do your will. Thanks, Father. Grace to you and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints. Right there, guys. I'm just talking to you now. Somebody could come on your heart that you relate to, that Paul's relating to right now. He's relating to the Colossians. There might be somebody you really honor. There might be a person in church that just comes to your mind, little Millie, and she's just so faithful. Do you see what I mean? And all of a sudden you remember her because you see Paul's remembering them and he's praying for them. And all of a sudden you just say, or you just think of Pastor Don and Lori. And you're sitting there and you say, Father, thanks for Pastor Don, the example he's been in my life. God, I thank you. I just pray for him right now like Paul was praying for the Colossians. And I say, would you bless him? Would you give him pastoral wisdom? Would you just cause him to see you more, know you more, just to bless his own heart? Not so he can minister greater, just so he can be a better blessed son, just so he can receive your love even more. And God, thanks for the man you've made him to be. You could do that totally right there at a spot like that. Just begin to bless somebody. See what I mean? And so, Since we heard of your faith in Christ and your love... Because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven to which you've heard before the word, uh, in the word of truth of the gospel which has come to you and has also in all the world and is bringing forth fruit. Father, I thank you. There's the gift of eternal life, the promise of eternal life. And I thank you, Lord God, there's also the promise of a changed life and a transformed life. God, I want to bear fruit. I don't want a confession to go to heaven. Now, this happens to me all the time. I'll get up right there because there's stuff that gets important to me. And I got to stand up. (laughs) So I stand up and I hold my Bible like this because I'm done reading right now. Because you know what? I don't want a confession to go to heaven. I want to bear fruit. And I want the world to see that fruit. And I want that fruit to multiply. So now you just touched a cord in my spirit. Because that's a sincere desire in my heart. So now I read this. And I realize this, right? And it's come to all the world. Father, I thank you. You're raising up a people right now. That are unashamed. They're not proud. They're not presumptuous. They're not holier than thou. They're just not ashamed to be righteous. They're not ashamed to call themselves sons. They're not ashamed to be loved and redeemed. And have a hope. And believe that you're the very... God that you say you are through Christ and I thank you Father you are so transforming my life through these truths that it is impossible to be around me and not be touched by this to not be changed by this and to at at least not see the Christ that's in me God make Christ so evident in me and through me Lord God when I'm on airplanes and I'm sitting beside people thank you for wisdom thank you for the word of God and thank you for just the reflection revealing of your glory your nature your character Father when I'm walking through open public places thank you for discernment and thank you thank you that what you've done in my life is bearing fruit all over the world. I thank you it's unstoppable, it's undoubtable, and it's going to continue. I appreciate the grace of life, and I thank you for the privilege of bearing witness of who you are. You see, I will take off sometimes, and I might not even read anymore. At times there's times I want to read this whole chapter because it's powerful there's times where that'll get big in me and I'll feel grace in that and my spirit man is in a better place if I just pray that out and become that revelation through prayer by reading and I don't even have to read anymore because what God's saying to me right now is that's what I'm forming in you that's where I'm grooming you that's what I'm working in you and you'll know that whoever read your Bible and you're reading a whole chapter and all of a sudden something gets a little bigger than everything else was who's ever experienced that? that's the time just shut down stop reading and let that speak and whatever it's saying start saying out of your mouth get in agreement give yourself to it and you might just have to stand up and nobody's in your room nobody's looking and you get a little aggressive and you feel the passion of your heart and all of a sudden you're making declarations next thing you know you're prophesying you don't even realize it and grace is all over your life and when you leave your bedroom you are more a living product of that truth than before you walked in your bedroom whether you know it or not. Why? Because you just gave yourself to it. And gave yourself to Him. And faith was released. And grace comes and says, Boop! And marks you for that truth. Does this make sense? Come on. It's, it makes Bible reading fun. Because it comes alive. And it's not just, Well, I've got to read my Bible. Hey, did you read your Bible? I'm to read my Bible all week oh no watch okay so we got a lot of youth youth here oh no we're going to go to youth group you know they might ask us if we read our Bible maybe we ought to just at least quick read something right see that's a zero you don't do that it's not about that no father you know what this was a fast week and I'm thinking about did I read my Bible but God forbid I become legalistic I don't need to read my Bible just so I can answer right in a group God right now I'm thinking about it so I'm going to stop what I'm doing I'm just going to look into your face that's what you do and you open it up and you get somewhere and you start reading and you just have some intimate communion time that is profitable just reading it to save face is what? now I understand God can interrupt that intervene and land on your bed I understand that but most of the time you'll teach yourself religion and you'll just learn how to speak Christian you follow me? When the rubber meets the road you won't have the revelation and manifestation of Christ. So all of a sudden say I just got lost there and that one little scripture triggered something in me and I just okay that's one thing see it's not a law on this it's not a t- it's meditating in the word. It's meditating in the Word. And uh, so then you, you, let's just say we just prayed a little thought. Let's just say we read two paragraphs and didn't really pray anything out. It's just speaking to us. And we can do that too. You don't have to pray out. I'm just me, so this is what I do. When I see that Paul was the will of God, I can't help but to see and realize my life's the will of God. Do you know how many people question that right there? It's good for you to see you're the will of God it's good for you to know that when he says once for all you're part of all and yes he means you (laughs) right okay so watch this so all of a sudden uh, we learn from Epaphras and our dear fellow servant who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf who has declared to us your love in the spirit you realize he's writing to the Colossians for this reason we also since the day we heard of it we don't cease to pray for you why is he praying for him He already declared their love in the Spirit. He already said, hey, them guys are doing great, man. They're growing. And for this reason, I haven't stopped praying. Wait. They're doing good and they're growing in love and for that reason you haven't stopped praying. Yeah. You think we ought to pray for somebody that's struggling or isn't doing good in love. He's praying all the more because they're doing good in love. Why? to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will. Why? Because they're perfect candidates to know the intimate things of God, to see deeper truth, to see the fullness of who He is. and what they're, they're. You say, man, you guys are right on page, and I haven't stopped praying that God keep illuminating, opening up, forming, and molding your life in Him. Do you know what we do? We troubleshoot. We see people that are doing seemingly pretty good, and we say, hey, great, they're doing pretty good, and we focus on people that seem to not be doing pretty good. If you notice Paul's writings, when he found somebody was doing pretty good, that's when he locked in and didn't stop praying. It's amazing. Now that doesn't mean you don't pray for people that are seeing going through a struggle. But one of the one of the mistakes we can make is that you only pray because they're struggling. Don't just don't just highlight their struggle in prayer. Proclaim who they are. Speak life over them. Better yet, if you see they're struggling, go to them personally and talk to them and encourage them and tell them who they are. You know what I mean? But there's people that are on a good track and they seem to be flowering. Paul would pray about those people that they'd keep on flowering and become the full bloom that they were predestined to be. See, that was kind of poetic. That was nice. Write that down. I might preach that again. The full bloom. (laughs) That reminded me of destiny, getting my truck in the mornings. She smells so good. She gets in my truck. I say, you smell like a whole field of flowers just blooming. I said, I'm so glad I picked you up. She gets in and just poof. So find out what she's wearing and you can all buy it. It's just good. Look, they're over there sniffing her now. I got them sniffing her. You smell so good. You know what she smells like to God? The Bible says this. That to God, she's the fragrance of Christ. To God! (laughs) (laughs) To God, she's the fragrance of Christ. Why? She has the potential of living the Christ life and when He sees her, He sees her through what He's created her to be and she smells like that destiny. You get it? (laughs) Destiny in the sense of destiny, not her name. You got that right? not that destiny destiny for this reason we also since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you to ask that you may be filled with what? the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding right there is a great time you enter in to just the submission of your heart to God and Father I thank you I have ears to hear your will in your heart your word is your will I thank you Lord that you're causing me to be in oneness with you in agreement with you I thank You the way You think is the way I'm thinking the way You see is what I'm looking through with these eyes because You're one with me I yield myself to You God I thank You look when nobody's in the room and you're all alone and you're just praying like this and reading like this and you slip to your knees and you're surrendering and committing yourself and you're thanking Him for this kind of grace in your life who knows there's something supernatural happening that's what faith says Amen I was sharing with Elise on the way in here, Josh's wife from Australia. We were talking about when I got saved. She had asked me a question about when I got saved and if I was a certain way and this and this. And for a while, was I thinking about my life? I said, no. And I explained the experience when I got saved. Here's what I told her. I said, I got so aware of my life and my selfishness. This is why I'm so passionate about the power, the supernatural power of God to change your life, guys. When I went to work that day at 4.30 in the afternoon, on a Sunday afternoon, I go to work. I'm sure in my mind and heart I hate my wife. I'm sure that I hate her. In fact, I just looked at her and made sure I affirmed that before I went to work, just because of hurt, and need, and weirdness. I'm sure I hate my wife. I look okay on the outside. I'm all this stuff. I've, I've been nothing but malicious and mean to her for months. I'm getting inside her head and trying to make her like she's... It's all her fault anyway. You're, you know, and I was being so bad. So I go to work and in my mind I have these conscious thoughts. Why did I waste these 13 years with her? da 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 And, and, and I'm just angry all the time. Mad, mad, mad. I hadn't lost sight of her value. I was blaming my life on her. And she didn't do anything
2: wrong. Nothing.
0: I was just lost. I go to work. I have a God encounter. I face my heart. I died to what was so ugly, what I saw about me. I took responsibility for my life. I said, "Oh my God, I'm so selfish. I, all I care about." This was this God encounter I had. I'm going into details. Some of you've heard the testimony. I look up to God, and I said, "If you're real, and love me, and can forgive me of all this stuff, because to me, I was the worst sinner in the world at this moment." If you can forgive me of all this stuff, I'll live for you. And when I said that, I was so serious that I didn't want one more moment of this. Now, I can't just change that, but in my heart, I don't want that. I'll live for you, whatever that means. When I said that, it was amazing. He overtook me, his presence, of God came over me, and God was instantly real. I went nuts. You're real. Oh, literally went ballistic. Oh my God, you're real. I was at work. You're real. You're real. I'm running back and forth, jumping. About a half hour after that experience, the thought of my wife passed through my mind. And for the first time in my life, I knew I loved. That's bizarre. We had slept in the same bed for five months. I was so angry, so mad. I had so many fantasies and visions and dreams in my mind that were carnal, and the last thing I'm thinking about is my wife. Except that, <sighs> hater. I didn't go to one conference on love. I didn't listen to a sermon on love. I didn't even read a scripture on love. I just yielded to love, the one that's love. He's God. And when He came into me, love came into me. And because I was so sure I didn't want to live this, He made me the other. And I was a Christian for 30 minutes. And in my heart, I knew I loved her. For the first time, I saw her value. For the first time, I realized she had done nothing wrong. That I had taxed her. That I had never been anything in a good way to her. That all made sense in 30 minutes. If God can do that, He can totally transform our lives. Come on, it's supernatural. It's you just wanting it and believing that you're worthy of it and believing He's willing and saying yes and keeping your yes sincere and staying in a place of faith so grace can etch and sculpt and shape your life come on apart from grace it's impossible to not be frustrated with things and stuff and people but with grace it's totally possible to live free from all that a lot of christians don't believe that's possible so they don't release faith and they won't walk in the grace Pastor taught on it on the weekend, it's possible to live without offense. Offense, literally. (laughs) No, offense, offense. It's possible. The Bible says that. The Bible says living free from offense, living without offense. The Bible says in 1 John 2 that if I love my brother, there's no cause in him for stumbling in me. There's no cause for stumbling in me if I love my brother. He, He can never cause me to stumble if I love him. That means no matter what he does, I'll see him through love like God saw me no matter what I've done. Love never loses sight of who a person is, even in the midst of what they're doing. Isn't that how God saw us? Look, I know where you've been, I know what you've done, but I know who you are. I know what I made you to be. So God redeemed the who you are part, created in His image. You follow me on this? So watch, if it's possible for me to deny myself... Pick up my cross in just an experience with God in a moments of time. Just be sincere. Here's what I know, guys. Repent, remission of sin, born again. Repent, times of refreshing from the Lord. There's change. There's transformation. So I see this real clear. I call it finally what it is and say, I don't want that anymore. I look up and say, I want you, and what you are, who you are. That's what I'm saying. I'm in trouble. Ah! 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 Come on, let me be that basic. Because it's not some intellectual, I think today I'm going to wake up and love someone. <laughs> oh, And then you study out all the concepts of love, and... No, I'm going, eh, Ah! eh,
1: ah. <laughs>
0: Come on, it's that simple. You're saved by faith through grace. So this thing called grace is supernatural. We make it mystical. It's, it's God's will and intent for me. He just fashions your heart. When I said, if you love me, if you can love this. See, I'm not realizing at the time this isn't me. This is what I became through deception and sin and the flesh and the fall of man. This isn't me. But I was living all this. If you can love me and forgive me of all these things, well of course he loves me. Cuz he made me. He hasn't been confused I have.
1: <laughs>
0: and you have a plan for my life. Of course he does. I'm the will of God. If you can forgive me and have a plan for me, I'm yours. And he's been waiting for that. Do you realize how he's been waiting for that? He's been waiting for that since the day I was born. He's been waiting for that since way back. As soon as I said, and I will live for you, guess what happened? Who he is, not what he does, who he is came inside of me. And without any teaching, just sincere surrender, all as I know is I didn't have any other motive than this man is desolate and ugly and pitiful. I said pitiful 20 times. So pitiful. My life is so pitiful. I was bawling uncontrollably. My life is so pitiful. And then I reached up in despair for something new. Without any teaching... Without any instruction, without reading one Bible verse, just sincere convert, repentance, help. I want you. I'll live for you. I don't even teach you live for him, I teach you live through him. But at the time it works because it's all I know. He knows what I mean. He's not technical. Well, Dan, you don't live for me, you live through me. So until you get that right, I can't touch you. (laughs) Ah! It was so technical. He knows what my heart's crying. He knows what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, this is pitiful. I don't want this. If there's something else, I have to have it. And he says, cool. How sweet is that? Come on. I'm kind of belaboring this one point on purpose. Because it's saved by grace. Through faith so I didn't say okay I'm a Christian now I need to get some good love confessions a couple good books on love and marriage and I need to learn how to love my wife no I died to me so I could live unto him grace came in when I thought of my wife 30 minutes later there was this love that I felt for her there was this mercy towards her is the first time in my life I had ever felt or saw in that light What? Well, what happened I was so serious about not being selfish that it wasn't there. And guess what the opposite of selfishness is? Guess what the opposite of love is? That's the fall of man. What was made love became self. Die to yourself, become love. (laughs) That's the conversion. (laughs) We went from love to self, from self to love through Christ so we get back to what we were in the beginning and everything in the middle is washed away as if we never were there we carry all that we learned acquired and related to in the middle along into the new if we're not careful but wonder if you die <laughs> and call old things dead then new th- wonder if you put off the oh that's what happened to me and all of a sudden, 2 Corinthians 5 becomes a reality. If any man be in Christ, he's a uh, new, creation. new creation. Guess what? I was Dude. a new creation. I was totally born again, completely sanctified, perfected by one sacrifice forever. In that instant, I'm holy, blameless, and above reproach in the sight of God. Come on. It's instantly. Yeah. You say, Yeah, but brother, you need training. You need this. And yeah, I need to grow up in Him in all things. But guess what? The nature of who he is, his heart, his love came into me. Who he is came into me. I called my wife, and I said, "Kim, I'm not even sure why I'm calling you. I'm so overwhelmed. I had the most incredible experience of my life." I said, "Oh my God, Kim, God's real, God's real." She hung up on me. When she hung up, guess what I was doing? I'm standing there with the phone. God, you're real. God, you're real. I come in the house, she's standing there like a cat. I mean, she had claws. It was like scary. She was never like that. I've never seen my wife like that. I mean, the hackles were up. She's like, oh my gosh. So I walked in, she's like, who do you? See, my wife's quiet. She's not, She was not quiet. She spoke her mind that night. And she had it all figured out because from the time she hung up till I got home, she was stewing. You know what I mean? How could he? How dare him? Oh, what a rat. Ooh! And when I walked in the door, and, it's like, and I walked in, and she said, who do you think you are? And I'm standing there like this. I'm thinking, God's real. God, God is so real. And I could hear what she was saying. I didn't have a need to preach to her. But it's like everything that she was saying... I understood why she felt that way and realized that I cultivated that and I'm looking at her and I actually knew I loved her and valued her and wanted her to be my wife. When I left for work that day, I'm sure I hated her and I was working in the direction of moving in with a girl eight, nine years younger than me. That was my plan. And now I'm looking at this girl called my wife and I know I love her and she's going to be my wife. What changed? Me. What was the problem? Me. Wasn't her. It was me. So I'm out of the way, I can't even see her clear. When I'm in the way, she's the reason for everything that's not right. Because I'm self-defending, self-protecting, self-preserved, self-justified, self-self-self, me, me, me. Until I die, things can't even live around me in the right perspective. So she left me have it with all these words and I remember the words. Uh, They were harsh and and they were just coming from hurt. Pain. And uh, I remember tears filling my eyes because I was so sorry, but how do you say that now, Tor? You know, you'll lose your eyes. I'm Sorry! Sorry! So that's what it is. Sorry? 13 years of hell and you're sorry? You know, come on. It's natural wisdom. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Actually, yeah. I am. And if I really am, then I'm changed. And then that erases 13 years and we can get on with the new. You see how powerful forgiveness is, repentance in the gospel? makes all things new guys there's a natural wisdom that hurt keeps alive and unforgiveness keeps alive I hurt her so bad she didn't have the teaching we're getting she didn't have she, she was such a good girl she tried her hardest and tried her best she was so patient with me it's ridiculous she actually did really good for the little she had till I ran her get tank out of gas Once her tank ran out of gas and she justified that, she rock bottomed. Bless her heart. Now she's hurt, so now her mind's looking through hurt. So I'm in the bedroom praying and it makes her so mad because I'm in the bedroom praying. She's so mad. I'm standing there, she's telling me, you're just trying to get the family to to think you're the good guy and I'm the witch and you're always blame shifting and I know your plan and it ain't going to work and I'm like... I don't have a plan God's real that's what I'm thinking in my mind God's real changes everything I don't even know I don't even think I'm not even what? huh? I'm not saying anything to it. I'm just listening I just remember standing there and for the first time in my life where she was coming from was so exposed to me I actually could understand the language and separate it all it was amazing why? because something changed in me I became loved. I remember my eyes filling with tears and I said, I said, yeah, I said, I said, I know I've
2: really hurt you. I've lived that way. I said, I just wish I didn't. I said, okay, well, I'm going to go to bed now.
0: Good night and i turned and she's just fuming cuz she's up but she's confused she's hurt i remember turning and i'm going she's saying all this stuff and i'm not see i'm not christian so she loves me i'm not a christian so we don't get divorced i'm not a christian so she lets me back in i'm not a christian so we could sleep in the same bed god's real she's not my motive Knowing him's my motive. So I turned, I'm going up the steps. I'll never forget it. She said all these terrible things and she, she hurled a couple threats out that just went right. And I remember walking to my bedroom going, You are so real. It's amazing. And I went in and closed the bedroom door and I just started to worship God. I woke up in the morning. So aware of the reality. Of God I don't even know if I slept, man. I might have dozed off at day. I was just pumped. I woke up in the morning though, I, I remember waking up and the presence of God was just tangible to me. And I was like, God, you're so real. I watch your I started praying in tongues, crying. Just laying in my bed praying in tongues. It was so fun. So now I'm in there praying and I opened the door and my wife's standing there. She's so mad, bless her heart. Now listen to what she said. It makes sense. And you have to you have to become love or you're going to make mistakes you're going to defend you're going to fight and your motives are going to get exposed in your life your expression because a lot of people run to God for other reasons and then those reasons become plain and clear through the course of life because if you're just praying to get somebody back in your life and it ain't working then you're falling apart you're getting insecure you're striving you're you're trying to hey I'm changed I'm really changed you're bearing witness of yourself to the person Hey, it's going to be different now. I promise. Never said that one time to my wife. I never even prayed for our marriage. I just said, "God, it's your will. We're married. It's at the altar of your mercy, and I thank you. You're just the God of grace." And I didn't even pray anymore for my marriage. I just grew in love. Watch what she said. She's standing there. It's not wrong to remember these things. They're 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 actually very informative for me to help me see and understand and because there's no there's no exploiting of my wife here she's a hurting girl at this moment and here's what she said very rational watch who do you think you are you make me so sick you're living like a devil for 13 years and now you're standing in this room praying to God like you're some holy man I don't think so But that's exactly how the gospel works, doesn't it? I could live like the devil for 13 years. Have a heart transformation. The Spirit of God come into me and make me a son in a moment. So was I a holy man? You better believe I was and I knew it. I could feel it. (laughs) I felt holy. Serious, that's fun to me because a lot of people think that's blasphemy to talk like that. I felt one with God. I felt accepted by God. Here's what I did to my wife. Because here's what you could do. Well, Kim, you know. And you could do it soft and sound, humble. But you could say, well, Kim, you know. uh, Actually, people do change. And you've been taught all your life in church that God forgives and people change. The thing is, we get hard and we don't forgive. And You know, you could be in a room praying, but you're not thinking that because you're hurt. And I know, because I hurt you. But honestly, people do change. And I invite you
2: to just go maybe seek the Lord and pray and maybe you'll see the work He's doing in my heart as well
0: And it would have sounded right in a sense that hey you're wrong you're in unforgiveness come on all these things you tried to get me to go be all these years why aren't you that now all of a sudden now I'm trying to teach her and instruct her and lead her to Christ in my fresh salvation no here's what I do every time
2: I see how you must feel, and I'm so sorry that I helped create it. I'm just sorry, Kim, I wish things were different.
0: And I'd walk right past her, tears in my eyes. And she'd go, because that wasn't me before. I would cut her with my tongue and my words till she was in pieces, and I'd make sure that I win. And all of a sudden, I don't even have a fight in me anymore. All I have is this and God just starts doing this stuff and weeks go by and there's so many funny stories and fun stories to the point that when my wife ran to me she was crying over and over I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm so sorry it's the very thing I wanted to say for weeks wow. the very thing see how God is when he moves because <laughs> wow. you think somebody else is your problem And you got a reason why you are the way you are, and you've got it all laid out. (laughs) It's not the truth. And as soon as her heart came into understanding, guess what rose up out of her mouth to me with extreme tears running across the yard. Run! I thought somebody died. I thought she got a call, and I thought there was a tragedy in the family because she was running across the yard, bawling hysterically. And out of her mouth was, "I'm sorry." it's what I felt for seven weeks and wanted to say to her she wraps around me with this death squeeze squeezes me crying later her head on me I'm so sorry
1: I'm so sorry I'm sorry
0: and I'm going I was like what? what's going on I was, I was talking I was mouthing to look. Go- I remember it She's, her head's buried in me squealing out I'm sorry you could hardly understand her and I'm like Watch what she did. I said, Kim, what's going on? And I started to cry. My heart wanted to be in this place for a long time. And I started to cry. I was really feeling good and joyful.
2: I said, Kimmy, what's going on? I said, please stop this whole sorry thing. I said, I've been wanting to say I'm sorry for not being a man of God our whole marriage for weeks. but It just didn't seem like the
0: right thing to try to say. But if anyone's sorry, she said, no. I mean, it's like you could, in this Christian almost the only fight you could get in, in is who's going to be responsible and who's going to be the one that tumbled like, who's going to take the rap? And in the world it's pointing at each other and blaming See, here's what she said it was so full of revelation she got it in 30 seconds in the bathroom when the presence of God came in she was doing her hair she was getting ready to go away and Holy Spirit came in the bathroom and said to her him she went she told me she had the brush and she went (gasps) because he came in now she had known him but she renounced him because she's hurt when she died and let her marriage go when she found the strength to let her marriage go she told me she turned to the Lord made a fist like this and said and you I'm done with you too I cried out to you for 13 years and you've allowed me to suffer through hell I don't need you either she turned and walked into anger now God who's not offended and saying oh I remember the day you shook your fist at me see that's not God is it see when see God is so secure in who he is that when she shakes her fist and says that he says oh bless your heart honey you just don't understand I love you so much you're so much oh he sees he knows he's not offended by her and the more you see who you are you're not offended by people either His motives love. it's not retribution and, 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 and vengeance and oh okay you coming to me now remember the day when you did the little you remember remember and then he illuminates you illuminate your, oh my god yeah it's not gone here's what happened to him in 30 seconds here's what she said to me in the yard gasping for breath and crying it was emotional it was very dramatic
1: she said no no I'm the one that's
0: sorry she said I've been so selfish and I'm thinking I want to take that tag and wrap it around my neck and wear it selfish I was no it was me see why because I experienced my own repentance and in my own repentance who was responsible she experienced her own repentance and in her repentance who was responsible see love takes your eyes off of each other and you deal with yourself she's She needs now to tell me she's sorry she was so selfish. And I'm feeling like, you got the wrong person. (laughs) Do you see how powerful the gospel is? It relieves everyone. You take account for your own life and get your eyes and distraction off of others, and you deal with your own heart, and you're finally free, and you're finally brand new, and you're finally bold enough and integral enough to stand up and take responsibility. Instead of, well, but if you wouldn't have said that, I would have never. Yeah, well, the only reason I did that is because you remember when you, well, you shouldn't have, because that's what put me over the edge. And when you, and that's why. No, that's the flash. Come on. She said, I was so selfish. I've been so selfish. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not totally getting this. I'm thinking, I don't know what's going on, but this is amazing. Here's what she said. She said, I prayed for you for thirteen years to change. But not because of love, not because I ever saw your value. Because you made me mad. You were a pain in my life, and I thought if God would touch you, it would make my life better. And I prayed for you continually only because I was mad at you and hurt by you. I've been so selfish, I never prayed for you because of love. She starts bawling, I'm like, Oh my god, now I'm crying. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's a revelation
0: so it's spiritual she's praying yeah she's praying because she's hurt and whooped and she's got her eyes on her own self and her old wretched husband why'd I have to marry that jerk life could have been better if it wasn't for him God won't whack him God if you love me why don't you change him why do you let me go through this hell why do you have me with a man why'd you let me marry him in the first place if you knew he was going to act this way see all those things are in that that's what gives you the capacity to do this when you cross that line because it's all his fault too now you're just a victim you get it? when she saw truth she couldn't stop saying I'm sorry she couldn't stop taking responsibility she couldn't stop saying forgive me it's amazing how it puts it in right perspective because they were all the things that were pressing in my heart the whole time. You see how fun that is? So then she looks up and she says,
2: is there any hope for this marriage? Is there any way we can continue this marriage?
0: And I'm, thinking, I'm like, we're married. I've never left go. Seven weeks ago when this experience happened to me, Kim. Oh, because she started to affirm that I was real, that she couldn't deny. I'm so changed too. And da, da, da and we just had this talk we had a supernatural experience for about 48 hours we don't remember the children we don't remember feeding them or putting them to bed so we don't know what happened we still don't know they were 10 and 5 really we don't know because we were it wasn't sexual it was we were just together it was a lot of talk a lot of tears and it wasn't about the pain It's about God and His goodness and His love I can't explain there's a season that went by somebody fed our kids and put them to bed somebody it's just cool you see how true repentance changes your perspective you see how God shines light he said Kim in the bathroom this is what changed Kim Kim why are you so mad at that man can't you see and she said when the word see was spoken in the bathroom in the presence of God it was like somebody ripped a blank veil a shield sheet off of her face she said it was literally like (gasps) it was startling to her can't you see? and she went (gasps) so that was sovereign that was awesome he said can't you see that's not the man you're mad at it's not even the man you married now God who can't lie told my wife this I have made him a brand new man. So God told my wife about me. See why I'm pumped? Because <laughs> I ain't trying to be nothing. I'm brand new. <laughs> Take that to the bank. I'm brand new. God said to her Do you know how you get flashbacks and hurt tries to relive itself? Do you ever have one of those? Do you ever say you forgive something and then the picture in the memory comes back a month later and it's vivid and it has feelings and it almost feels like you're still harboring and carrying? Yes. See? You've got to defend against that and cast it down. Father, I thank you that things are resolved in my life and, I just, and you bless that situation, you affirm love, you affirm forgiveness rather than, oh, I think there's a hidden root down inside of me that's still bitter. Because now you're just sold out. Now you're just sold cheap. No, you wage a good war and you fight the good fight of faith because here's what would happen to my wife (laughs) and I so used what God said (laughs) we'd be talking in conversations and I'd be talking to her and I'd get this look in her eyes I'd see this face she was looking and seeing the face of the man that put her through hell and we'd be talking and all of a sudden I'd see this look come on her face and I'd get discernment all the time on it I'd say hey kiddo, that man
2: he's dead it's not a reality anymore, sweetheart. That man's dead. He can never hurt you again. He's
0: dead. Because I would pick up on it. I'd discern it. I'd say it. It would get her. I'd say, in fact, the guy you're looking at, well, he, he kind of looks like that guy
2: did. The guy you're looking at, God said, it's a brand new man.
0: <coughs> She'd grab me and hug me and cry. We'd just walk our way through that. Because she would look and get flashbacks. And some of the nasty things I said, Because she's looking at the same face, would try to come up. You see what I mean? Oh, and you're not threatened by that. You're not, well, honey, why are you thinking that? Don't you know I'm changed? Come on, I didn't say one bad word for seven weeks about you now. And why do you have to mark me with that? Come on, if God forgave me, why can't you forgive me? Next thing you know, you're doing the very thing that you used to do because you're. See, you're not threatened by that. Her getting that flashback, does that change your identity? Does that change your position in Christ? Does it change your confidence before God? Then why not just love her with truth and not be threatened by what she's tempted to think right now? Do you see what I'm saying? You follow me with this? We're way past the break. We're going to have to take a break, but I don't know. We get on all this kind of stuff, but listen, if you don't and I don't, learn to read our Bible intimately with the Lord and take these things to heart. Verse 10 says that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work. Well, if I don't understand grace, I'm going to be a a militant soldier. I'm going to try to fulfill that, verse 10. How do you fulfill verse 10 and not feel like you're failing somewhere? Come on, be real with me. How do you just walk worthy of the by getting your heart pure before him and having intimacy with him and giving him your whole life when nobody's looking and telling him it is your will to love like he loves and to see humanity like he sees humanity and the very way you forgave me I forgive forgiven Father I have no rights but one to look like you and be like you I have surrendered myself I'm not alive for me I'm alive for your glory and I thank you Father you live vibrantly in me and who you are is manifesting through my life that's prayer you get it? Because then grace is going to come on that. And look at this. And then you're going to be fruitful in every good work. And you're going to continue to what? Increase. So isn't that cool? There's a continual growing and increasing and excelling in this revelation. And you just keep being more formed in Christ as you go. Make sense? I better let you guys get up and go and mingle and go to the restroom. I didn't realize it was that late.
3: Um, You have to be back on time. We have a really important announcement to make. Uh, Pastor Don... uh told me something we have to announce, and we're going to have to announce it to our online students. So Randy's going to play music. When you hear the music playing, make your way back like musical chairs and find
0: a seat. Okay? <laughs> Great. Thanks. What do we usually give, Sue? About 10 minutes or something? Uh, we usually give 15, but oh. we cut it a little bit to Okay, because I had them sitting a long time. I just wanted... Yeah. Because even if you just be watch your time, it's somewhere close to 10 after... Towards 10 after, make your way back in. All right, guys, bless you. Thank you. We know that
3: David Hogan is going to be here um, next week on on June the 29th, the 30th, and July the 1st. Those services will be each evening at 7 o'clock. What you may not know is that he is going to be teaching our class next Thursday. Okay? Yes, that's been confirmed. He will be here. Um, The reason I need to make this announcement is that I'm sure some of you will want to invite guests which is fine Uh, we need to get that um, do that as soon as possible and you need to let us know that what guests are coming because we could foresee having a house full so we want to make sure that uh, we you know start with the invited invited guests for our online students you're welcome to come to the school um, you know to, to visit with guys and to enjoy David Hogan during the evening services and for class uh, but I would ask you also to please um, email or call the school um, and let us know that you're coming just so we can kind of have a handle on it uh, we certainly uh, you know welcome that and uh, just be blessed so thank you very much
0: You ready? everybody, I was talking, is everybody excited because you David's going to Okay, because I heard everybody go, whoa! That is a good thing. That's a happy thing. Amen. Okay, guys. Okay. So I don't want you to get a wrong impression when I talk about this meditating in the Word thing. You can just read your Bible. You don't have to jump in and start praying all the time. You can just read your Bible, but what, the more you do what we're talking about now, the more your heart comes alive when you're reading. When you're reading, who knows you have the ability to understand at some level what it's saying. What I like people to do is pray that back to the Lord, get personal with it. If you're reading okay, uh, the, later in this chapter... Oh, wow! Here, that's we are right here anyway. Verse ten: That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work. See, there's times in my life where I'll be alone with the Lord, and I'll take a scripture like that, and I'll just—that's the end. Of, I'll just and it's communion, it's fellowship I might not even read after something like that because that's where I I ramp up and boom, that's where I arrive I might not, I might just read that and just pray two or three lines out of my heart but it depends. It comes alive in you I I asked you this question before the break who's ever read your Bible and something just amplified and got bigger than the rest of the page that's something God's saying you want to camp there You want to let that be formed in you. You want to release faith and pray and maybe not necessarily read a whole bunch more right now. Just let that come alive. Do you see what I'm saying? Because I I know people get bored with reading their Bible. Christian people, good Christian people, because we don't understand what we're doing. We're communing with the Lord. We're not reading our Bible because it's the Christian thing to do and I need to now. I want to know Him. I know Christians they get bored and they say, well, yeah, but I don't understand. Holy Spirit will give you understanding if you ask Him and take the little bit you think you're understanding and begin to pray it back and watch it grow. There was a season in my life for reading the Word. I wouldn't take the Word and do it. I would just take the elements of communion. But I had read the Word over and over in Aries. I had taught on the blood and I had taught on things already. So this was later in my life. I was saved for a few years. But I just took the two communion elements and as often as you do, do it in remembrance of me. And, and, the, and the Holy Spirit told me, He said in the mornings He wanted me to start the day with communion and I would take the bread and the cup and remember Him. And I'd hold up the bread and the more that I would do it, the bigger it got. And a couple weeks went by And it just kept getting bigger and it wasn't redundant. It actually was exciting because it kept growing and all of a sudden more uh, analogies and more parallels would come in and, and I'd just start thinking about the body and Scripture would rise up out of the blue. It would be like, whoa, and you knew it was the Lord. But I'm in the position I want to know Him and I want to remember Him and His death until He comes and the benefits and the accomplishment and I'm giving myself to this by faith and it's coming alive in me. Who knows but through an experience like that that sure beats trying to confess when sickness is to by his stripes i'm healed by jesus stripes i'm healed i'm healed by the stripes of jesus i'm no when i have this and sickness trying to come father i just thank you it's immediate communion you're talking to the lord you're not making a confession father i just thank you right now i so see that i'm under the protection and covering the blood of jesus christ you have loved me when i was yet a sinner you have crushed the law of sin and death I am in the law of the spirit of life through Christ, and whatever comes alive in you, and all of a sudden, I was, I was. Uh... I was training for a job I I left pastoring for a little and was working and I tried to share this the other in school and I didn't finish the thought I'm aware of it right now it's on a tape one of the days last week and I was sharing I I got sharing other things about in the workplace I went to a sinful place remember a real dark place and got words of knowledge and things and then God told me to go back to the workplace but there was a point I wanted to make they said about you know if you uh, if you miss any days you won't pass your 90-day probation. If you miss one day of work, you're done. They won't hire you. And I'm thinking in my mind, because they said, and we know the flu's going around, and And I'm thinking in my mind, well, I ain't worried about the flu. I, don't, I just don't get sick. I'm not, it's not about the common cold and catching the flu. And I'm not chasing it. Why would I catch it? Just, it just doesn't make sense. So I'm just not, I'm not on page. And I'm not hypo, spiritual, religious, presumptuous, proud, holier-than-thou in that thinking. I'm just not afraid. I happen to believe that we don't have to be vulnerable to all that stuff in a true sense of understanding. And, and that doesn't condemn people that are going through things. Uh, so I'm just in my mind, this thought went through me. Well, that's, that's thank God for the gospel. God, I love you because that's not going to be an issue. That was my first night of work. So to top it off, my trainer had the flu, real bad, and he didn't look good. You know, People look like they're going to die like they're walking dead. Yeah. And that's how he was, and he's shaking and he's got, and he's white and he's withdrawn and, and, and he looks bad and everybody's like dude you look like walking death man you need to you know this this, this. And, and, he, and he's like oh man but I'm, I'm going to get in and get through this and I don't want to miss work I know how much they need me to train and he's working like crazy hours he's young he's making all this money training he came down from the New York facility right this is exactly how this happened I'm thinking in my mind well that ain't going to apply to me you know I'm not chasing the flu I'm not going to catch it I'm laughing in my mind and uh And then I see he's hurting real bad with it. Now I didn't just jump up, hey I need to pray for you, bud. I was just in the group. Now I could have, I could have. But I don't even remember why I didn't other than I'm I'm supposed to be trained. He's lead he's training us. And uh I did share about Jesus in orientation. and freaked everybody out. It was funny. Nobody wanted me on their team. because It was just funny. When the teams got filled with eight people, everybody would celebrate because I wasn't on the eight. So, and then when I got put on a team, everybody was like,
1: oh, you got him. You got the
0: religious dude. And they're just, Oh, it's just so funny. So watch what happened, first of all. That first night, this is exactly how it happened. I'm not... I'm sincerely saved I'm in faith I'm believing God and I'm at this workplace because I believe God wants me there for one and I was also taking a season just to try to find in my heart and understand ministry and what ministry was there was a multiplicity of reasons why I was doing this some people didn't understand but I just did this needed to do this and God set it all up so I'm standing there and this guy that the two bosses came we as third shift job four in the morning they came, 3.30 in the morning came. We started at midnight or something. They came to take him home, escort him out, and make him leave. And they were these two upper management guys because they heard how bad he was. They said, well, look, we don't, this is crazy. He can't stay here. So they came to get him and nobody realized, but he's actually doing better and looking better. This is exactly how it happened. I didn't preach to nobody that night. I'm just training I'm not interrupting. I'm training. I probably talk to people at break. I'm sure we had some little encounters, but I'm not, I'm there to, I'm their employee. So I'm not preaching. I'm listening and I'm being a good little disciple. And it's a job that I did for 15 years. And this guy's done it for two. And he's training me. That could be an area if you have pride. What's this young whipperstaffer going to show me? I've been doing this for 15 years, swinging this stuff and he ain't got nothing. You know how we get? But I'm just, I'm just sitting there. Bosses came and said, Man, we came to tell you to go home. He said, They said, Well, you don't look as bad as they said. They said you really look bad. And he said, No, actually, I'm not feeling too bad right now. I'm feeling pretty good. He said, Well, they said it was coming on you so bad that you couldn't hardly walk. And he said you were white and they looked like you were going to die, man. He said, That's how I felt. He said, Well, they said, well, man, you changed quick then because that was just a couple hours ago. They told us that. We figured this flu's been knocking people out. And, Here's exactly what he said. Blessed me because I was saved for two years, uh, two years and a half, and went into pastoring, and then a year later this way, so I was saved three and a half years. But I'm on fire, and I'm confident in who I am, and all this stuff. But I'm not preaching. Watch what he said. He said, "Well, I don't know what's going on, but I know it has to do with Him," and he points right to me, and I'm just standing, and I'm like, "Me?" Eh? It's so amazing. He said, All I know is when I stand around him I feel better. <laughs> and that's why in every little circle of training, I don't know if you've realized he's talking to me, he said, that's why I was standing beside you the whole time. And he said, Because when I stand near you, I just feel better. Now he was almost saying it in a superstitious way. That he made the connection so he was making sure he doesn't he wasn't he had no knowledge of Christ whatsoever, this young kid. And and I said, well, actually, it's very true what you're saying. That's exactly what's happening. And I said, if you guys want me to take the time, I can explain completely what's going on. (laughs) And they said, really, what? You're aware, you know, and these are the upper gods. I said, oh, yeah, it's a real simple explanation. I began to share the kingdom in me and the gospel and where my heart is and how my life changed and how it blesses everybody. Now, it's not some push that you need to change and clean up. It's the expression of God's love to the world. Cause I said, Here I am believing this, guys. Jim doesn't have a clue, and he's reaping the benefit of my faith, and God's love's pouring out on him and making him whole when he was sick. I said, It's a good news, guys. Jesus is amazing, and he loves us. And they're all like, Oh my God, this guy. <laughs> my first night. Now, guess what happens? I go home, I sleep, I get up. Now it's my second night. Guess what happens right before supper? Feelings of flu symptom start creeping up on my flesh. And see, that's where we fall apart. And we get heady. And we freak out. Well, how's this happening? Well, that guy got healers. Well, why is this? Well, they Just foul, devil. And we... You know what I mean? It started to happen to me a little. That's how I know. Because I thought, wait a minute. This is... And I ran to my bedroom. Because that's where I go a lot of times. So I ran to my bedroom to fight. <laughs> I did. I ran in there to fight and I started fighting, boy. I said, okay, you want to mess with me? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm doing so. I got a big sword, and I'm just yeah.
0: And I was working pretty hard in there, and I was building up a sweat. I was preaching and I started to feel like, man, I need to sit out. I got the flu going here, cause, cause seriously, cause I was working hard. I was preaching everything I've ever been taught about healing. I was proclaiming it, shouting it, confessing it and I was feeling queasy cold and shivery and my wife was making spaghetti and it's my favorite meal in the world and I didn't feel like eating it I know that's something wrong in the middle of all that I mean well who knows I mean well in the middle of all that Holy Spirit said hey Dan why don't you open your Bible take a look at Psalms
2: 103 that's what he said he said just take a look at Psalms 103
0: so I opened it up bless the Lord oh my soul and all that is within me and I just started crying because I knew the psalm I could quote the psalm I preached the psalm I'm a preacher remember (coughs) bless the Lord and all that is within me I laid down my Bible. I was just crying. I'll never forget it. I just bless you. I have nothing to worry about. No fear. I don't even have a problem. I'm not in a fight. I'm your child. Oh God, you love me. I'm balling. I bless you with my whole heart. I worship you I began to love on Jesus man it was like so intense and I looked down and I started reading I don't forget your benefits this isn't something I got to work for I don't have to set everything in order I don't have it's not my shout my quoting of these you love me Ah, it just got so, so freaked out. You love me. That's how I get when I'm alone. See, I'm a mess. You have no idea. You think I'm flaky when I preach. (laughs) I save it for him. (laughs) I I don't get that way around you. It's not for you. (laughs) But oh man, see, I'm about on the borderline right now. But see, that door's closed, and I'm going, you know, like, you love me. And I don't even know when it happened. But I know at some point in the middle I felt so alive, so vibrant, hungry for spaghetti, so ready to work, so ready to shine. I don't know when it happened, but all I know is when I fixed my eyes on who He is and who He is towards me and my heart responded back to Him and I got off of all the, I need to pray this and proclaim this and cast this down and rebuke this and bless this and speak this. And When I got off of all of that... oh. When I got off of all that, guess who I got fixed on? Him and (laughs) He is amazing. You know, I like to say it this way, when I looked into His eyes and into His face, through truth, that means looking through truth, I see His face. You look through truth and you see the beauty of who He is. He's so beautiful. You're standing there and you see Him. I ran down and I gobbled my spaghetti. And I went to work. Isn't that cool? Do you think that was an accident, the timing of that stuff trying to hit me? You're riding high. I'm a Christian. Ain't hey, no problem there. That ain't going to happen to me because you know I'm in this covenant. About the time you're thinking that and tell a friend that, about the time you get those symptoms. And then you're offended because the thing you're trying to proclaim is getting accosted and and then you're fighting to save face and stand in this spiritual place and the whole motive gets whacked and twisted and it's really all about you then. And this can't happen to me because I proclaimed this and I'm this and I'm a child of God and the Spirit of God is with me. and It gets weird. It's actually all about you. No, it's Him. And it all goes back to you really love me. That's why everything's cool. You get what I'm saying here? I'm telling you, we've done this hi-ho thing in the church, and a lot of people are getting tired and beat up and burned out. <laughs> and confused. Nope. That wonderful, wonderful Holy Spirit said, Hey, psst. Man. If you could, you'd be making me tired right now. (laughs) He doesn't get tired, but (laughs) he didn't say that. But it was almost like, it's like, why are you doing, you're just wearing yourself out. Remember Bob Hazlett tells a story how... He was in the New Age thing and he started praying and interceding and walking and praying in tongues and he was aware of something that was going on in this whole curse thing and he said, curse is on me? He said, when you're really serious, he always says, you pull out your samurai tongues because your samurai tongues and he starts praying in this tongue that sounds like oriental and he calls it samurai tongues. He says, well, that's when you're really serious and he makes it so funny when he tells the story but he said three quarters of the way into this whole thing Holy Spirit's like what are you doing? he said I'm in warfare he said no he said you look kind of silly and you're making yourself tired <laughs> <I> said what? <laughs> he said, no he said you're just wearing yourself out Bob and then and you'd have to hear Bob tell the whole story it's so beautiful isn't it beautiful? but he, but he was doing that warfare thing I break down and I cast down, not right now, Shield, because I am. And he's quoting the scripture. Is there a time for
1: that?
0: Uh, not not when you think it has to do with what you're doing.
1: Yeah.
0: If it has to do with what you're doing, and if it's about what you do for the breakthrough, you've crossed the line. And you're going to get in trouble somewhere along the line in your soul, self-conscious, works-oriented, or frustrated. Because if you start thinking, John, it's a great question what you ask. What John said, is there a time for that? Oh, there a time, there was a time, there was stuff going on in my house, and my kids were a little young, and my wife was going through some certain things, and there was a time where things got real obvious to me, and who knows that you don't walk, just walk up to people and say, Devil, come out! yeah. yeah. Do you ever have somebody say something that you knew it was straight from like hell? Yeah. Well, you don't look at the person and say you're a devil or you wouldn't talk like that. You realize there's some kind of something going on hurt language. But there was some stuff going on at home and the house didn't feel uh, 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 right. And I walked the whole way to the attic. It was amazing. I walked the whole way to the attic, closed the attic door. I said, Now you listen to me. This is my house. And I'm Jesus' and He lives here. You have no right. You get out of my home, my family. I command you leave this house. And it came in me, it was like it was like you just can't even imagine the change that just boom. One night I woke up in the middle of the night. Did you ever my house sounded loud and creaky.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It just sounded unrestful. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. My kids my kids were both coughing and I could hear them in their rooms wrestling in bed my wife was just rolling in bed it was weird I woke up and the whole house felt weird it felt creaky and it's not some weird horror movie thing it just felt weird I don't understand the theology of this I don't need to and nobody even needs to try to fill me in please don't get me that technical don't corrupt my innocence on this one okay because I'm a relationship guy I'm not a technical guy I walked downstairs and I said Lord Lord what is different something so weird in my house right now he said Dan darkness has tried to encroach your house and
2: I said what he said darkness it's darkness trying to encroach your house and I don't
0: know what that means I don't know why it had permission I don't know what you know that's what we do. well, what door did it open well, what did I? Well, I I don't need to know all that all I need to know is that God said this isn't light and I know I'm called to the light so guess what I did Father, well, I thank you. My home is blessed. Darkness has no place here. There's light in you and no darkness in you and you're in us. And I just bless my home and I thank you, Father, for my wife and my children. Instantly. I can't even tell you the dramatic... (sighs) So I don't need the four-hour sermon on the demonic and the this and the doorway and the this and the whole... I don't need all that. That's technical and it gets crazy and then people witch-hunt their whole life. No. The truth is to me, and I'm not demeaning people when I talk that abrupt. I just see it takes people on a wild goose chase and distracts them from knowing Him. Yeah. And then that goose chase becomes their ministry, their identity, and who they are. It just gets weird. I want to know Him and wake up and if something like that's... I just want to speak and have it say, Oops, wrong house. Wrong house. <laughs> oh, took a wrong turn, sorry. <laughs> Why can't it be that simple? It can. But without relationship and knowing His love, it's probably not that simple. It's more warfare. What do I do now? Right, John? Back to your question. What do I do now? And now I have to get all my spiritual ducks in a row and say all the right things and get the equation right. That's what we do it with healing all the time, guys. Who's ever been in a circle? We're praying for somebody, and we're looking with our eyes, waiting for it to happen. Because it hasn't happened, we're not believing anything's happening. So we try harder. Hey, let me take a shot. Well, listen, this scripture's been in my heart all week. Can I just do this? Yeah, take a shot. Well, maybe we ought to wave both flags from both sides over them And how about grabbing the other shofar? That's what we do. I'm being real. It's exactly what we do, and it shifts into works. And it has a spiritual sound to it. It seems right to us. But it has nothing to do with His finished work. And in other words, if we get everything right, it can happen. No, He got everything right. He got everything right. It's not what you do, it's what He did and what you believe about what He did. Are you following me? In all these areas. Especially the whole darkness and demonic thing. Because I promise you, the devil loves... Did you have your hand up? Okay. I didn't know if we were in an auction or what. You were pretty subtle there. I was like...
1: <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's so funny.
0: I'll get you in a minute. Especially where the demonic's concerned. Because the devil loves you to pay attention to him. Oh, He would love if He could just get some quality time from you today. Oh, He would love that. He would love if you just fix your eyes on Him. I don't even think about Him. And if He shows up, because when you're walking in the light in Christ, anything that's dark looks dark, it shows up. If He shows up, you deal with Him you don't dwell on him you're not looking for the devil you're looking unto him the author and finisher of your faith Jesus you're looking unto him right even it says when the things that it says that all things are placed in subjection under our feet however we don't see all things yet in subjection Hebrews 2 it says but we see Jesus what do we tend to see What's not in subjection? What isn't happening? What ain't working? And then we go over that. And on this big search, why and what? And what can we do about it? And the Bible simply says, but we see Jesus. And we get our eyes fixed on who he is. Because that's what's going to change what hasn't been submitting. It's so simple. Oh my goodness, it's so simple. You're not on a witch hunt. You're on a, and, and, and uh, you know, is the devil real? Yeah. Is there times you need to deal with him? Yeah. Is is there times you need to address some things? Absolutely. It comes out of the authority of knowing Him, knowing who you are. That's where authority comes from. There's love here, there's relationship. You begin to see who He is and who you are in Him. So when you're speaking at the devil, it's not because you have a problem, it's not just because you're afraid, it's not just because you need Him to leave. Because you know who you are, and you see who he is in that light, and there's a proper authority. There's a—it's just powerful. The first demonic experience I ever had—I'll get to you here in a second. The first demonic experience—I don't know how we get—see we get on these topics. <laughs> is this okay that we're even here? Yeah. The first demonic experience I ever had—I was barely saved, meaning time-wise. Because you're saved. <laughs> it wasn't I mean the skin of my teeth? <laughs> I'm having fun with you guys. Barely saved chronologically. This is a fun story. It could sound a little arrogant if you hear it wrong. I was pretty impressed by it and pretty flipped out by it. And I'm glad the experience happened because it really ministered to me. This lady called me. They were worshiping Jesus over at her house. They had a little gathering of you ladies that love Jesus. And they can be pretty scary because your eyes are all lit up and you're, Jesus. And he likes that and he tends to like, Come. <laughs> so they're on the room. Jesus, and they're crying. Oh, we love you. And they're all in a circle. And right in the middle of their little Jesus fest, this lady goes, rolls over in a ball. <laughs> right in the middle of their little Jesus circle, man. <laughs> oh, we just love you. Who knows if they're loving you? I love you. I love you. And he's going, oh, oh, I love to be loved by you. Love you. And he's getting bigger and bigger. Jesus is manifesting. All He's going, <laughs> <laughs> So my phone rings. I'm barely saved chronologically. My phone rings. Dan. Oh, my God, Dan. So-and-so's manifested. It's a lady I knew. So and so's manifested. What do you mean she's manifested? She's manifesting a devil! I said, Where is she? In a ball on the living room floor going, ah, ah. I said, Well, what did you do? Just cast the thing out of her. Well, that's my quick. Response, right? Because I know in the Bible it says cast out devils. It's the first sign of a believer. Just cast the thing out, I said. She said, We've been trying. She said, Three of the girls left and went out the back door. They're so freaked out they went home. They went out the back door. She said, We started rebuking this thing and she sits up on the floor. She said, I'm telling you, it ain't her. It ain't her. She said, She said, you know Teresa's pregnant, right? She's big pregnant. I said, yeah. She said, Teresa said, I command you in the authority of Jesus, get out of her. And she said, she sat up and pointed and this sinister look came on her face and she pointed right at Teresa and said,
2: you shouldn't have talked to me that way
0: because now I'm going to kill your baby. Yeah, do you hear all that reaction right there? Now, I'm not making fun of y'all, but do you hear that reaction right
1: there? <laughs> The devil's gonna do what? Ah! Shama, 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 (laughs) shama! Do you see what we do? Come on! The devil's gonna... What did he say? The devil what? Ah! Help me,
0: Jesus! Prayer chains, hundreds of them. Email, internet across the world. The devil's gonna kill my baby. Is that what we do? Oh! We call that faith. But I
1: was believing God. Oh!
0: Every day you're feeling for kicking, right? Serious, be real. And, and when the little baby kicks, oh, thank you, Jesus, thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus, right? Am I being real? Yeah. But that's what that devil said because it knows how to get in the heads of people. Because if he can get in your head and you let him there long enough, it'll seep down into your heart, gets down in your heart, short time be in your mouth. So I said, I said, that's ridiculous. I said, now I've had no devil experience, really demonic experience, really casting out stuff. Now now I've learned over the years that I've had a lot more than I realized because there are snakes in the grass for one thing. They're freaked out by Jesus. They are so afraid of Jesus. And they're so afraid that one day you'll see who you've become because of Jesus. And that's why they mess with people so much because they're so afraid that one day you'll see what they already know. And then it's over. But I countless people I've prayed with, like I'll be like this. It's okay. I've prayed with. I've prayed with, and they'll be like, and they'll, and they'll be like, they'll be like, oh. And they don't even know what happened. There's this is stuff, and you see, and you know, and I don't make a big deal out of it. I just pray, and then if I get this sermon on what just happened, I'll speak life in that area, and I'll build them in their truth. But I don't just say, well, you know, you just had this come out, and they, see, we're so up. Deliverance, deliverance, and then people get devil conscious. Yeah. Yeah. I want Christ consciousness. I've watched so many people, things come out of them and go, over the years, it's unbelievable. And nobody knows it. But they know something. I don't know what happened, but when you were praying, I don't know, I just had this, I don't know, I felt this, but I don't know, I'm just telling you, I feel better. (laughs) Yeah,
2: you do. And this is why, and then I'll give them the truth on why, instead of, well, you know,
0: that thing had, what had me? You mean I? Had a, huh, huh, and now they're more vulnerable to devils than they are to the mercy and love of God you got to change people's eye you got to get their faith high right so this girl I said to her on the phone I said well listen the Bible just says to cast it out I, she said Dan we've been we just, would you just come over here well she's calling me because she sees my zeal she knows I'm barely saved chronologically I, don't, I wasn't full time pastoring yet I was just born again in love with Jesus. So I said, just hold the phone over her. I said, let's just pray. And I'm pumped. I'm like, we're going to get this thing, you know. So she's like, "Mm, probably. She's shocked. I said, you foul thing, come out of her. I command you, get out of her. And I can hear, she said, she got right back on the phone. She said, look, would you just come over here? Because apparently she started to... Whatever she was doing. And she said, would you just come over here? And I said, okay, I'll come over. I'm thinking, well, I don't know what to do. I just have to cast the thing out. So I parked the car. I walked up to the house. There's a girl standing at the front door to make sure I knew what was the right house. Old row home like I grew up in the city in. They make them all the same, almost. A little different inside, but the layout's the same. You walk in the front door into what's called a vestibule. There's a door right past it. It's about a six by six. It's a vestibule. And then a long hallway goes straight upstairs or turns through a doorway into the living area. So she's out at the front door. There's a vestibule. The vestibule door's open. And then you've got a long hallway from me to you guys to even get into the living room, right? Watch this. Oh, this is amazing.
1: <laughs>
0: I hadn't done anything. I hadn't prayed or anything. But this was the strength of my life. Who knows those girls were sincere they wouldn't have been meeting in the living room worshiping Jesus? Who knows the best they understand? They, from their heart, love Jesus and love the message of the cross and the gospel. Right? But yet they're doing this stuff. They're fearful. Three of them run out the back. It says a lot right there. Right? There's things we grow in, get built in, established in. Whether we realize it or not, they manifest when needed. There's, there's things being formed in us through communion and relationship. They become your reality before they're even tested, in the sense of when you get thrown in it, it defends. Cause watch, you'll get this. I go up the stairs, and I think I shared this in the last school, just because we got on this topic. It's a grace thing. It's knowing who you are. It's an authority thing. It's not a do this, 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 and this, and and then you'll get this. It's a be to be empowered to do. I'm walking up the steps and the girl's at the door and she goes this is my first experience real experience of a real (sighs) right like you know you say man's voice is coming out of ladies you got a real thing going on right that's what people think you know but this was real it was like a movie it was like a a, a movie I get to to the door and the girl's looking and she went oh my gosh I said what's
2: going on honey she said I just heard her in there yelling out I just heard her I said, well, what? it's okay. She said, no, you, didn't you hear what she said? And I said, well, no, I was on
0: the porch. I'm just coming in. She's standing in the long hall here. About the end of their table is the living area. And she's laying about where that first sign is in the house back there. There's a solid wall, no windows. She's laying there. Guess what she said? Oh, no, Jesus is here. <laughs> Yeah! (laughs) Whoa! Not in pride and arrogance, confidence. Guess what? He is here. He was already there. He's in all those girls. Theologically, we know that. But guess what the devil said? Oh no. There's something about identity. There's something about knowing Him and His perfect love, clean in heart and conscience. There's something about walking with Him and knowing Him that's happening that you don't even realize. That a man that's training you is getting healed and you didn't even pray for him. A man that's a chain smoker doesn't smoke anymore because he stood 10 feet away and listened to you talk to another man. And he calls you in the morning freaked out because he didn't smoke since that moment and doesn't know what's going on. And you go to his house and teach him and he gets saved and you give him a Bible and baptize him in his bathtub. Real stories, guys. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them.
2: There's something about knowing. Not struggling and
0: trying and...
2: Just know him.
0: I go up the steps. Oh no, Jesus is here. That's a good one. <laughs> I'm feeling pretty <laughs> right now, baby. <laughs> Did you ever go to barnyard and the old rooster meet you on the lane? There's big cows and horses, but he rules the place. He's out there. He's checking out the truck. You know, he's like. <laughs> 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 that's just how I felt man I was about ready to go in there. <laughs> I walk in she's laying there and it's this dear lady I know her you know what happened to her sexual infidelity unconfessed uncons- for two years sold out to something
2: she didn't belong to and it's amazing how that thing, when the rubber met the road and things got really down to where it sat. So there was a stronghold there, wasn't it? Well, brother, but a Christian can't. And da, da, da She gave herself to something she was no part of and just kept it her own secret, never dealt with it. Maybe was never sorry she did. Maybe felt like she deserved a little
0: maybe she's neglected here so hey and whatever but I tell you it came with a price and this thing's there the whole time
2: some kind of jurisdiction in her life some kind of control until Jesus gets bigger and then it's exposed and now it's there but it's still there isn't that amazing? that's why you give no place to
0: him He's a snake. He's a rat. You don't belong to him. I'm talking legalistic right now. I'm talking pure and sincere. You don't give no place to him. He's a loser. I promise he's a loser. So I, I was already encouraged. Who knows I was encouraged? So I kneeled down and I said, Hey, honey. I called her by name. I want you to look up at me. I figured she's just going to look at me and talk to me. She said, no, I'm not looking at you. And I said, Whoa, that is
2: not... Sweet little so and so. She's bent up, curled up. No. I said, honey, that's ridiculous. Look at me. Talk to sit up and talk to me. Why won't you look at me? Cause you look just like Jesus. That's what she said. Now
0: I'm like, dude, this is getting crazier. <laughs> I'm thinking, well, I ought to. He lives in me. I'm completely surrendered to him. And I'm feeling like he loves me pretty good here right now. I probably look a lot like my daddy. And I look a lot like my brother. You can probably tell we're siblings. (laughs) Christ in you. So now i got a devil going, oh, no, Jesus is here. And you look like Jesus. And I'm pretty happy about that. Because I didn't do anything spooky. I didn't do anything right. I didn't even command or confess yet. I've just been affirmed that I'm Christ-like by the devil. (laughs) So I'm pretty happy right now. (laughs) So, I did what you and I are taught to do. I still don't have answers for you and don't anybody even try to figure it out for me. I just live a certain way. I don't need the technicals on this. You imagine the confidence that's in my heart right now. You put yourself in my shoes. Are you confident right now? So you tell that thing to what? Tell her to go. And guess what she did? She sat up with her eyes closed. Sat straight up and laughed like a hyena. And this is what came out of her mouth as I'm confessing. I'm praying my best prayer. Telling this thing to go. And guess what she's just saying? It's not her. She remembered none of this whole incident. She had no recollection. She's sitting there laughing like a hyena going, (laughs) What? While I'm praying my authority prayer for it to go, it's just howling in my face. And here's what it said Here we go again. How many times do I have to go through this one? I'll start to cut into your old rooster crow, won't it? <laughs> and in my heart, I said, God, you have to help her. This thing sees you in me. I don't have knowledge I don't know what I'm doing I just know you said cast them out and this thing's gotta go it is not so I didn't let it totally shake me it made me draw on God and it said I said listen you are coming out of her and I made the mistake and started getting a little conversation with it I don't encourage you to do that because they're liars it's silly why would you even talk to them and it said this to me it said I'm not coming out I've been here a long time and I'm going nowhere it's exactly what it said with her eyes closed the whole time and I said oh no You are coming out. And that was just me building back up in a confidence. And I'm looking in my heart, and here's what Holy Spirit said. There's no technique on this. It's follow the Holy Spirit. Who knows that there was an infidelity? I found out later. Who knows there was something unconfessed? I found out later. Who knows there was something violating the conscience? I found out later. Here's what Holy Spirit said. I didn't understand. It's not a method to casting out devils, but I follow Holy Spirit. Isn't it amazing? They're legalists. The thing already saw Christ in me, it already acknowledged that it didn't want to look at me because I looked like. I'm pumped but yet when I said boom this thing's laughing like a hyena and mocking Holy Spirit said Dan I want you to sing this song right now and I'm like okay I sang the song guess what the song happened to be her favorite spiritual song that made her feel close to God is that amazing or what how many songs are out there Dan sing the song so I start singing the song because Jesus told me to it sounded good my voice even sounded good on this
1: one
0: I sound being funny well it wasn't funny but I'm trying to be (laughs) stick to preaching the gospel I, I sing the song and guess what's happening she's like
2: and there's heart activity God's ministering to her inner person God's wooing her home. God's telling her, I love you, come out of this yoke of two years of just alienation and whatever. Orphanage, whatever. He's calling her. And as I'm singing, she's coming out of that place and falling in love again. And right in the middle of singing, She's like
0: this. It was it was hilarious in one sense. This devil's still there and and this is what happened. I'm gonna try to act it out exactly like it happened. She's sitting there, she went, This is not working. (laughs) And I'm thinking, this is so working (laughs) Not that it's a method, but here's what was happening. What was God doing? He wasn't just setting her free. He wasn't just casting the devil out of her.
2: He was winning her back. He's winning her back. He's just, I love you. And I'm singing this song. It was, it was Psalms 23. You make me lie down in green pasture. You make me wanting For nothing you fill my hunger With honey from your sweet, sweet word And you let me worship before you Hear how intimate that is? So I bow down before you You are my shepherd You are my Jesus You are my Lord Guess what song that was Her favorite song You might have never even heard of it (laughs) This thing starts losing Her heart's coming home Inside, guess what's
0: happening God, I'm so sorry right can't say much but saying a lot and all of a sudden that thing I never told it to leave it's just going I could tell I said honey I called her by name look at me she looks right at me she's crying what's going on I said it's okay It's a lot happening in your heart I
2: said I know what's going on I, know it. huh? I said it's okay
0: because she realized I knew
2: what was just being made right I said, when's the last time you prayed in the Spirit? She said, over two years. I said, take my hands and pray right now. Just begin to pray and let's worship Jesus. I looked over
0: at the pregnant one. Honey, did you get afraid when that thing pointed to you and said that?
2: She starts crying immediately. Why? that's still in her mind, isn't it? I said, Fear has no place in you. He's a liar. He's a threatener, an intimidator. And you see now, he has no power here in the scene. I said, Honey, your baby's fine. We'll always be fine. And you are blessed. And I just spoke life. I didn't rebuke nothing. I spoke life. She hugged me. And
0: all the girls that were remaining Minus the three that ran out the back door. (laughs) Watch what they did. They sat down crying. Sat down crying and said, "God's speaking to
2: our hearts that we need to let Him become more real to us and receive His love." This isn't principles. It's not
0: just scriptures we're living by. He's our Father. There's something you walked in here with that even though we're praying in tongues and meeting in a little Bible thing, there's something you walked in here with that we haven't built and grown in our lives. That's what they said.
2: And they say, they cried and said, we want that. And I said, that's all I know. That's all I teach. And they said, well, we want that. And we realized, and
0: they were doing a lot of the, right? Samurai tongues. (laughs) Watch this the devil looks at you and you're pregnant and says that and you know who you are and you're walking in true intimacy with Jesus, does it even phase you? Because you see him for what? Who he is. I don't have time because we're at the end of the time, but the testimony that I share about my leg that time, I don't always go into the whole detail, but I was reading a John G. Lake book and a demonic spirit walked into my bedroom out of the blue You say, well, why did he have the right? How could he be there? You're a man of God. Why was he? See, those technical questions keep you trapped in your head. I don't even have those questions. I don't even need those questions. And I don't need you to answer them for me. They're not the issue to me. The issue is, now that he's standing there, who Jesus is. When you're busy asking all those other questions, you never get established in the real answer. Come on, they try your faith. They, 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 they don't believe you love Jesus. They don't believe a word you say. They can care less that you go to church. They're going to poke you and prod you and prove that you're just like anybody else. And they're there to test your faith to prove it's not genuine. And they accuse you day and night before your God that you're in love with yourself, not God. That's what they do. So the thing walks in my bedroom... It was an instant demonic manifestation on my skin. It felt gross and evil and bleh. And I actually felt it. And down on the inside, I am so born again. Now watch. The devil walked in my bedroom unexpected, unannounced, and Holy Spirit didn't give me a heads up. I'm just reading a John G. Lake book and I have a devil standing somewhere from about here to the corner of your table is what I perceived. And I looked right where I thought it was. I couldn't see it. But you just knew it was right there. I said, what have you to do with me? See, you weren't in my room. Me and Jesus were. And it was. Now watch what came out of my mouth. Who are you and what do you have to do with me? I've been bought with the blood of Jesus. When it was standing there, I had a greater revelation of my salvation than before it appeared. The devil actually, by standing there, made me realize how much of a son I was. (laughs) And we think we have to go, Ah!
1: Devil! Ah!
0: I rebuke you. I renounce you. I pray in the name of Jesus. I'm there and not today. Oh, you can't touch me. Greater Jesus, that in me. is against me. The Lord's my help. I went to fear. And he goes, boy, I got him now. Boom! <laughs> That's exactly what it does when you're in that realm. Because it's got you on the ropes. And you've turned it all into works. And now you're trying to do everything right so it can't get you because you believe it can. the only reason you react that way is because you believe you're vulnerable remember we talked about boundaries this week and last week why would you put a boundary around your life because you believe you're vulnerable because people can hurt you because people have a piece of your life if you're not careful so it's it's a self-protecting you put a boundary around yourself because you're making a statement I can be attacked and overtaken there's something in me to be had <laughs> instead of hey i love you <laughs> see so this thing comes now i don't believe i don't believe god would permit that to happen to a, a newborn christian I, I don't believe god would just allow you to be tempted more than you can bear i, I don't believe that there's certain things like that usually the devil doesn't just go peekaboo he's usually a snake in the grass you know why he would go peekaboo in your life if he just like, like say you're just sitting reading your Bible and the lamp, which I've had this happen in people's lives, and they call you and you go to their house and you have to talk them back to a place of calm and God reality. Like the one lady sitting reading her Bible and the flashlight floats from the table to the counter, flips on, flips off, and then floats somewhere else, and she's going. Right? Or another guy's typing on his computer, little violated conscience in some stuff. You get my drift? And a little monkey-like looking imp just appears and sits on top of the computer, giggling, laughing, rolls off the computer screen, rolls down the keys, does a front cartwheel, stands up, looks at him and laughs. Because he's just saying, gotcha. Why do they come out like that? Because they they take that risk because they believe your reaction isn't going to be God. It's going to be freak out, fall out, fall apart. It's the only reason he'd come out as he is because there are usually snakes in the grass. They're seducers. They're secret. This one walked right in my bedroom. So said, what do you have to do with me, me? with you? I was so aware of my salvation. It was a beautiful, amazing thing. I was so confident there wasn't an ounce of fear or concern. I can honestly tell you there wasn't one thought of, oh my God, a devil. It was like I am so born again. I was so pumped. And it said to me, when I said that to it, and I'm, I'm full of authority right now, I'm pumped, I'm excited. It said, I've come to put sickness in your leg and you will lose your leg. That's what it said. And I burst out laughing and said, Now I know I won't lose my leg. Because you're a liar from the beginning. Get out of my bedroom. Can't explain this. Don't try to explain it for me. I'm not asking the question. I went to read my John G. Lake book. When I told it to leave, I turned back to my John G. Lake book and I couldn't read one word on the pages. It was just all solid blur. And the voice said, "Ah, Maybe I'll blind you instead. And my vision was already blurred. How is that possible? don't have an answer for you. I know that's not who I am.
2: And asking all them questions isn't the weapon of my warfare right now. Knowing who
0: I am is what makes me win. I closed my book. I kind of did a little of the old cartoon. (laughs) Devils. (laughs) Closed off my light and I went to sleep. I woke up in the morning and had zero use of my leg. It was like a hunk of rubber that's where we fall apart. And that's where we find out if we had a Christian confession and it's a method and it works to protect us or we had a Christian revelation that takes us through the trial. Because when you wake up and your leg doesn't work, if that becomes who you are and now you're praying from that place, you just spoke cheap religious Christianese words the night before and yet you think you're doing right. I'm telling you, it's the rubber meat in the road. When you wake up and your leg's like that, and you have the same joy, and you're not moved because your leg doesn't determine who you are in Him, He determines who you are in Him, and ultimately determines your leg. If you keep that clean and that's established, you're going to run well. Are you following me? Devils come walking into your life to see where you really are and where you really aren't, and they hurl threats at the children of the living God. That's what it's all about. And they believe you'll empower them. They believe you'll focus on them and honor them and worship them with your fear, your words. They believe that they'll become who your life is instead of Christ, and it'll become your resume, the temptations and the trials and the manifestations of the devil, and they believe they can overtake your language and ultimately your life. You follow me? They're liars. They are so freaked out by Jesus, it's ridiculous. (laughs) They just are. I can't quit anymore, I'm late now. But we grow to understand they are freaked out by Jesus. Amen? Amen? I won't preach that he doesn't have teeth. Oh, he has teeth and he can bite if you're in position to be bitten. Preachers preach that he's a toothless lion. I wouldn't preach that. It's not that he's a toothless lion. You respect him in the sense of what he has the ability to do when there's lack of understanding and stuff in that sense. But you give him no place. He's your enemy. You see what I mean? When I say respect him, I don't mean you honor him. You understand that he does have power in situations. But Jesus is what? Lord. Amen? I don't know how we got on all that. I don't know where we went today. But why don't you stand to your feet so we can release faith and maybe let God make sense of it all. <laughs> we got to ask you for help today because I feel like I didn't I didn't feel like I didn't lock into anything specifically today so I don't know where we went it'll just have to work out in time that's not me second guessing I just it all works out in the wash see when you're teaching like this you're always you, you chuckle because you're like what am I doing? but God knows what's going on in people where people add some of their current experiences friends God knows and I'm just in faith that it'll all work out so Father we just say thank you for the gospel. Thank you that we can look like you. Thank you that we can walk what looks like in the flesh, but our weapons of warfare aren't carnal. They're mighty in God. It's walking in truth. That a spirit can look and say, oh no, Jesus is here, or you look like Jesus. That's your whole goal, Father. We're the body of Christ, the embodiment of the anointing. And I thank you, you're growing us up into you in all things. Father, I'm asking you that you teach us love like never before. I ask that you expose in our everyday life the things that are still self-willed and, 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 and self-adhered and self-connotations and things that have to do with just me, myself, and I. Expose those things and so remove those things from our life. We don't want us, we want you. And we want all of you to fill all of us. And we just thank you that the two become one. <laughs> And I just yield myself to you. We as a class yield ourselves to you. And we ask you to continue to father us, teach us, and raise us up in all things. Now, Father, I'm asking a blessing on everyone's personal life. Right now, this feels big to me. Every person in here personally, right where they're at, things they're facing, and and, and challenged by or feel uh, uh, challenged in, what a privilege to grow. And I ask you, Father, that they have a right perspective in each individual area and i ask that some of these things we're teaching would just speak life into them and give them wisdom and understanding and lord i thank you through it all we have an eye that sees we can only grow from here and father i thank you there's no looking back so father i bless every person here in every specific situation people on the internet right now that are online we just bless them in every individual situation father we ask that you in part two speak into raise up nurture and